The following is a live presentation of CITR Sports. Who's the champion? Who's number one? This is UBC Thunderbirds basketball on CITR 101.9 FM. Now in the CITR studio, Jeff Sargent. And welcome everyone to this special Friday morning broadcast of CITR Sports, a very special edition today for us. The UBC men's basketball team is in Halifax. They're set to begin Yet another attempt for an elusive national uh, title. They've uh, had great shots the last uh, about 10 years here and every time have managed to fall just a bit short. The last two years falling just short, making it all the way to the final game, but not able to capture that elusive title. They begin the quest for it once again today. uh, We have live on the line today Daryl Weiner, who is in Halifax. He's made the trip for us, and uh, he will be uh, calling today's opening matchup against the Acadia Axemen. He is along with uh, Kyle Watson today. Daryl, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jeff. It's not the morning here, Jeff, although it feels like it right now. (laughs) I bet it does. (laughs) What, what, what is it back home like? Five thirty in the morning? Is that where not, we're at in Vancouver? Not quite. It's just, it's eight thirty right now. It's, it, it's eight thirty. Well, twelve thirty here. People are eating lunch. I'm still. I'm not even ready for breakfast. Although I, I took, did take down some weird lunch at the hotel. Uh, welcome everybody to the Halifax Metro Center here in beautiful Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, Jeff, it's going to be a wonderful tournament. We hope. Uh, the big question, of course, UBC making this tournament for the eighth time in the last nine years in men's basketball. Jeffrey Sargent still looking for their first championship in this run. Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned, the last two years coming oh so close, making yeah. it to the final game and, and, and just falling short. And, uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of questions going into this season, but uh, they've, they've proven that, that they're capable and they're all the way there once again, Daryl. And, and, uh, but... but We'll, we'll see if they're able to, to make it just have that bit of an extra push this time. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be easy, though, of course, and uh, probably Carlton, once again, going to be a formidable opponent. Of course, Carlton, the team they lost to two years ago. Yeah, and Saskatchewan, another formidable opponent, a team they lost to last year in the final. Well, Jeff, thanks so much. We'll be back with you at halftime. Thanks, Jeff. All right, sounds good. Uh, here we are in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Very excited and honored to be here. My color commentator for today's broadcast, he will be with us all weekend long, although we got somebody else filling in tomorrow maybe. You're still going to help tomorrow. Uh, Kyle Watson, former UBC Thunderbird, with us today. Yeah, definitely. We'll be helping out tomorrow as well, <laughs> and uh, we get JY's lovely experience uh, from a head coach at Capilano College. There you go. Jordan Yu will be helping us out with the broadcast tomorrow. Well, with us right now, Kyle Watson. He's my color man for today's broadcast. Uh, Kyle, eighth time in nine years this team has made this tournament. You've been on three of those teams. You lost in the first round. It was the big story, of course, the first five trips here, losing in the first round. You were in one of those teams. You lost to Brock three years ago. Last two years, much better, make it to the championship game, losing to Carlton, losing to Saskatchewan. Basically, Kyle, is this finally the year? This is it. You know, everybody's been talking about it. You know, they got a good draw, draw, and I feel like they're really determined. They're really focused, talking to the guys. They're really motivated, and they're excited. Everybody came in here, give me a high five, and 
they just all feel ready to go, and I, I think this is the year. Uh, Kyle, the mood on that team, you know, losing to Brocker, even the first year when you went in and played Dalhousie in the first round in Ottawa, and you did finally, a Kevin Hansen coach team finally did win that first game at Nationals. Was it a different feel last year, and do you think there's a different feel this year also, now that that first game bug is really long gone by now? Definitely. I, that's never the issue anymore, getting past the, well, I mean, we're thinking more long-term <laughs> yeah. to get, uh, get that championship going, and I feel like everybody is comfortable. Uh, they're comfortable where they are. They're confident, and we don't have to worry about getting that monkey off the back. Uh, so I feel, I feel they're ready to go. Uh, UBC in the regular season, 22-2. and They swept through the playoffs at 4-0. and uh, The Canada West Kyle this season, I didn't think had – it was a, as little depth as I think I've ever seen in that conference. And the way the schedule set up, UBC started the year playing Saskatchewan, who's here this weekend, playing Trinity Western, who's here this weekend, then play, and playing Alberta on the road, who lost, they, they beat in the Canada West Final Four. And then it was just a string of blowouts. It didn't seem they had that high-quality competition. Last weekend, they finally go to Victoria. That was decent. That was a good challenge. But then even the first round against Manitoba wasn't great, but they finally got that real test in the Canada West Final Four last weekend beating Alberta and then just a fantastic 107-100 win over Saskatchewan in the Canada West Final. Um, the team, you're, you're in contact with these guys. How did it progress for the season, and how important was it getting that real test at the end there versus yeah, the, the I think we kind of talked form. about it earlier but on the last week, but I think having that test is essential. You know, we had the Calgary's last year. We yeah. had the training that was good, uh, Alberta. It was very strong. And like you said, I feel like the conference was a little bit diluted this year. Uh, but ending strong against good opponents such as Alberta, uh, up-and-coming, really high-scoring team, dangerous team, um, and being able to hold them off and, and finishing with Saskatchewan, who I didn't think this year would be as strong, but Barrett has really come through, and, and they are a tough opponent because they're very dangerous uh, on the offensive side. Uh, we'll get into the draw in a moment, Kyle, but sticking with this UBC team, they are ranked number one in this tournament. First time a Kevin Hansen coach team has ever been ranked that number at Nationals. It's a little surprising when you hear that. Uh, does that mean anything to this team? Confidence-wise, it's just reassurance, I think. But uh, realistically, the number one seed doesn't mean much. You know, coming from the east or the west, it's usually Carlton number one, UBC number two, and that can swap. It's all judgmental. But I don't think it means too much. You know, they're coming in. They do have a good draw. So things can work that better that way. But if you play good teams and you have good opponents, it actually can be beneficial going into it to maintain that intensity. Um, UBC's basketball team this year uh, are the keys in this tournament. Obviously, UBC, it's all about the depth. So we do have to shine the light on here, the three seniors on this team. Uh, Josh White, player of the year last year. And what's great about these guys, all three of them, they all have a higher per game average in the playoffs as they do in the regular season. Josh White, 18 points per game, 21 points per game in the playoffs. Brent Malish, 13 points per game. He's at 15 in the playoffs. And how about Alex Murphy, who averages about five points per game in his career coming into this year, 11 points in the regular season, 15 in the second half of the season, and 19 in the playoffs, including his career-high 34 points versus Saskatchewan in the Canada West Final. Amazing. Murphy is doing absolutely amazing job out there, and, and that's what the team is really running off of. They're running off of Murphy's swagger and the confidence that Murphy has right now. And 
it's a testament to the hard work that these guys put in throughout their careers with Malish and, and Josh, and I, I really think that they're going to really give it their all. And uh, just talking to Mal today, he's excited. <laughs> he's excited, and, and Murph just has a smile on his face, and, and he's ready to go just as he gives me a, a bump. <laughs> it's real interesting, actually. I'll, I'll tell you this, Kyle. Casey Archibald would always come over to do the fist bump. Chris Dick would do it. Uh, Doug Plum will do it. Alex Murphy sometimes. They, Murphy gave you one, not me there. Brett Malice sometimes will do it. I'm just saying, those are the guys right. in the UBC. And Nate U is actually a guy, I'll just do it briefly. Casey would do it, too. They'll talk to you in the middle of the game sometimes. Just giving you that little you know, heads up there. That's, those are guys, well, thanks for the heads up, but those are guys <laughs> that feel comfortable. And, you know, having that little talk during the game really puts you at ease. You know, it's so good to see a friendly face <laughs> in Halifax, and uh, I think the guys really appreciate it. So, yeah. Um, so you mentioned Alex Murphy. Uh, what does it mean to these guys, Alex Murphy and Brett Mouse? Josh White, he's made it every, every year. He's played at UBC, but it's three years like you. But Alex Murphy and Brett Mouse, the first guys ever for this program, and it, it's official today, all five years they've made it to the national tournament. What does it mean to them? It means the world. Yeah. The reason being, it's their last year as well. So they've got a taste of this uh, every single year. And, and, you know, essentially we've been disappointed every single year. So this means the world to them. It's their last kick of the can. And uh, it's going to be exciting to watch these guys play. It really is. You're just, you're just showing me up with all the fist bumps right now. <laughs> I know. Assistant Coach Vern Knopp, who will be uh, on with us at halftime today, as he always is. Um, you, you're worried about filling Vern's shoes. He was our color man for the non-UBC game. We talked about weekend. it last night. We did talk about it. And, you know, he does great analysis, but uh, I'm really going to bring the energy as I did on the court. <laughs> this is how I'm doing it. Uh, perfect. Joining us right now, uh, very thanks uh, for coming on, is... Kyle, we got UBC's opponent here today, Acadia. That's who we're, UBC's going to be taking on. Um, Coach Steve Bauer with us right now. Coach, thank you so much for coming on right now, just before the big game. Really do appreciate it. Oh, no, I appreciate it. No, I missed, uh, missed my opportunity earlier, so <laughs> glad to get a second crack out of here. <laughs> we did have an interview lined up on Tuesday. I called you twice, Coach. I even left the message there. <laughs> I was definitely in the fall. I was definitely late, and I missed the call. It was not you. Uh, great to have him on. Steve Bauer, uh, Coach uh, Acadia coming into the team, you're sort of the Cinderella of this tournament. Seven and thirteen on the regular season. Uh, AUS semifinal game in this very gym last Saturday. You beat nineteen and one Cape Breton, eighty three eighty one in overtime. Uh, and Cape Breton, you did also knock them out of the playoffs. They didn't even get the wild card. Um, Coach, what does it mean to your program to be here right now? Well, I mean, it, it's always get to this stage is always exciting I and mean, it's a wonderful experience for our guys we have a, a very young group uh, we're pretty excited about where we're going with this program we thought that this would be a, a realistic goal for us next year to compete and, and be in competition with our conference to be a, a representative at this tournament to be here one year ahead of schedule with a, a great showing last weekend just all positives for us I mean uh, we're, physically we're a little behind some teams just the growth into our own bodies but uh, our guys are excited. They've been playing hard right now. We're probably playing our best basketball, and we're healthy for the first time this semester. So it's been uh, it's been a high for us, and, and we're just taking the experience for what it's worth. Yeah, Coach, I saw you really only have one senior on your roster, but out of the guys on your team that get a lot of minutes, they're all going to be back next year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've had a, a couple. We actually have, we have two seniors that snuck on the roster this year, and Allen and, and Sinclair. Oh. Uh, this both their first year in the program with us, and, and they, they were huge, huge pluses to us in the sense of what they've added to the locker room and, and the chemistry of the team. But in terms of minutes played on the floor, we should return all of our guys, and, and uh, 
Tyler Lutton, we have one fourth-year guy, and after that it goes to third, second, and first-year guys playing for us. Yeah, I know Tyler uh, <laughs> played at Douglas. I actually played at Langara College. Oh, so uh, we played against each other, and he's actually a really great point guard. I actually played with him uh, on a summer street team. Oh, yeah, no, Tyler's been, and he's been, um, he's been a wonderful addition for us. I mean, as he said, in the college league, they won a championship there, so mm. he's brought some of the stuff to our guys, and uh, he's an engine that kind of makes us go, so he's been a big piece for us here in the East. Uh, and, Coach, tell us about, uh, you know, statistically, when you look at your team, uh, really the two stars, 18 points per game, 10 rebounds, Owen Clawson and Anthony Sears, also 18 points per game on the year, uh, hitting at 38% from three-point line. Tell us about these two players. Uh, Owen's been, uh, obviously, our, our MVP. He's been a second-team All-Star in our league. It's a very uh, senior-laden league, and, and Owen probably has a chance to be a first-team All-Star over his career here and, and potentially be an All-Canadian. He's an inside-outside threat. He scores well on the block and go outside and hit the three-point shot for us as well. Uh, he led the league in rebounding. He led the league in block shots. He's a great versatile athlete, so we're, we're quite excited about him. Uh, Anthony's been a phenomenal player for us in the perimeter. He's done a great job defending some of the best guards the AUS has to offer. Uh, he shoots the ball exceptionally well, gets to the rim a little bit, so he finds ways to score. I think both these guys, in the next couple of years, as they find themselves a bit more of a go-to move that seniors have, they'll get themselves a bit more consistency, and probably what they're lacking right now is the ability to get to the line on a regular basis. It's just experience that you definitely you'll come through with the aggressiveness and being here. You know, I went, I was here three years in a row, and and each year you just feel so much comfortable. So this is great for such a young team that you guys have. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you as you guys did, as UBC did in their trips through here, uh, you just start to learn some of the things, the tricks you need to do to win these tight games. And and as I say, these guys will probably get some very valuable lessons out of this year. And, and I know that we're excited as a coaching staff, and I'm sure they'll look back and appreciate what this meant to them in their careers. Uh, Coach, just another guy I want to talk to you about is going to be coming off the bench, Justin Boudelier. Mm-hmm. Um, your record with him in the lineup is actually quite excellent. Average 11 points per game on the season, but he had your big game versus Cape Breton, 24 points, 8 rebounds. Um, Obviously, this guy sounds like an excellent player, but tell us about the injury troubles he's had. That knee, I bumped him into the hotel. This sounds... He's got through some tough stuff, this guy. He's been, it's been tough, but I mean, to credit for Justin, part of the challenge he's faced is most athletes going through a, a major injury has it's been the psychological aspect coming back the first year. Uh, his injury was last year. He blew it all of his knee and, and the ligament and kneecap damage. And this year he came back, he was healthy, he was strong. Uh, right in our last game of the first semester, he banged knees with a PEI player and the kneecap came out. So it was a, a non-damage injury, but I guess quite painful. And I think psychologically it shook him up for a little bit. And, uh, he took the time at that stage. We stepped him back a little bit to get his head right, and we got him a little more physio through it, make sure he got the strength around his knee so it was secure. Uh, when he's in the line, he's, just a, he's a great scorer for us and a tough matchup for a lot of teams because he's so effective on the block, but the scores on the outside is his best. So uh, he, he adds an element to us, and it helps prevent the double team on Owen, which is when we're, we're at our best, we can space it out for Owen. And you grimaced when he said the knee injury there. Right? <laughs> oh, well, I, I'm thinking I've been lucky throughout my career that I haven't had any, but, you know, talking with the guys and being with them, you know, if they're sitting out of practice, it's a knee problem, and, and it's, it's nagging, and I, I think you're definitely right with it is mental, and especially someone with your kneecap popping out, it's, uh, it is supposed to be one of the most painful in, in, injuries out there. So. Yeah, it's tough, and, and I think a lot of times you need one year to come back from when guys play through it. You see it quite often. The first year back, they're just getting their comfort level back of playing and being their old selves and being aggressive and attacking. So I think Justin's game was, he's our best at getting to the line. He's aggressive. He goes to the rim, so it's him getting that confidence back and comfortable with his own body is really the big thing right now. Uh, Coach, um, 
you lost nine straight late in the season. Now you're on a run where you've won five of your last seven. Obviously, the upset win versus Cape Breton. But you also beat Dalhousie, who's here yes. in that little stretch. So what has what, what your team done in the last seven games? <laughs> I wish we had a magic formula for that. I think the big thing has been getting Justin back. With him back, we've been playing much better. Uh, We've been able to defend a little bit better with Justin back. We match up physically inside with some teams as well. I mean, he obviously has a scoring presence, but the ability for us to hold some people off the glass a bit better than without him was, was kind of key for us to get in this run and play a little better basketball. And, Coach, last question here. What does Katie have to do today to take out UBC? Our hope is kind of the same as we thought we go into the Cape Breton game. I think a lot of pressure's on them as the one seed. We just want to see if we can keep ourselves in the game. If you keep it close, I think the pressure builds on them. Uh, expectations aren't that high for, for us from a lot of people, so we just know that we can keep it close, get hot at the right time, and you never know what can happen in this place. Coach, it was a pleasure dealing with you. Thank you so much Thank for coming much. down. Thanks, I guys. will root for your program in the future. I just can't do it today. <laughs> I understand and appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks so much, Coach. See you guys. Uh, head Coach Steve Bauer of the Acadia Axemen. Seems like a nice guy, a second-year guy. Uh, Kyle... Onto this Acadia team right now. He said it, young team has to mean a lot for them to be here, but it does sound like they are a team that, you know, UBC is, it seems like they might be taking on a team that is happy to be here, almost in a way. Definitely. I think, well, going 7 and 13, you have to be happy to be here. Yeah. Um, you don't see too many teams with losing records get to nationals because it's such a tough route. It's a tough road to the Nationals, and you know what? I think they're thrilled to be here, but they're definitely going to put up a good fight, as anybody would, yeah. especially when you're taking on the number one team in the country. They did beat Cape Breton, a 19-1 and team last yep. week. Where's Randy? Randy's uh, looking for the uh, team doctor. Oh. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. Can't expand on that one. Uh, with us now, assistant coach Vern Knopp. Uh, Vern, we're just talking to the head coach of Acadia, Steve Barr. Um, you are taking on the eighth seed today. Um, a team that snuck in here with a 7-13 and record, but you've been with this Kevin Hansen team every time at Nationals. You know, can't take anybody lightly here, hey? No, we, uh, we learned the lesson the hard way in the early years, but, uh, you know, like we said for many years, um, you know, people put too much uh, stock into the seedings. Everybody's here for a reason because they either won their conference or, or uh, were high in the rankings all year long, so uh, they're all tough games, and uh, we're looking forward to the challenge that's ahead of us today. Uh, how comfortable is your team coming into this particular tournament. It, it, it seems like, you know, I came with you guys to Ottawa two years ago. There was a little edge because you're still trying to win that first game. seems like a more comfortable group this year. Yeah, no question. I think even last year that coming in, we were, we were a confident, uh, confident group. You know, getting that first win in, in the first round a couple years ago in Ottawa was huge for us. Obviously, kind of got a monkey off our back, you could say. But uh, the guys are relaxed. It's an experienced team. And guys like uh, Alex Murphy and Brent Malish have been leading us all year. So I'd expect nothing... Uh, Everything but the same this weekend. Yeah, just seeing today when they're walking in shooter, you know, they feel relaxed. and It's something that we talked about, you know, being together as a team, but also enjoying the experience and enjoying the time here. And, and it just seems like they're having a fun time playing. And over the last couple of weeks, they definitely look like they're having fun playing. So I think it definitely correlates, but you still got to have that edge to you. And uh, hopefully they'll bring that out. Yeah, no, no, no question. They'll, they'll have that edge. I mean, uh, they know as far as most of the guys are concerned, all of the guys are concerned, including the coaching staff, if we don't come out with a national championship, you know, we, we, could, we do consider the season a failure um, just because we've, we've been there twice before and we haven't com uh, finished the, completed the job. So uh, hopefully this year we'll get off to a good start today and, uh, and continue on the role that we've been for the last uh, two months. Uh, Vern, we've already touched on the play of Josh, the, the seniors, Josh White, Alex Murphy, and Brent Malish. Um, 
give us some other names for the weekend here. Who, who, well, are, who are the other real keys for you, the wild cards, if you will? I know um, there's lots of them. Obviously, one guy that gets often overlooked is Graham Bath. Um, comes in off the bench and just does a great job defensively for us. Plays, you know, gives us a physical presence. Uh, you know, when given the chance, can uh, can score for us down low as well. And then obviously, it's uh, it's you know, Doug Plum. This is his first time here with us, but he, you know, he's in the starting lineup. Uh, we look, you know, we need him to give us some offense and and play some tough defense as well as on the boards. And then off the bench, it's uh, Nathan Yu and Melvin Mayotte. They've been always coming in and providing, uh, you know, not just scoring, but some, some huge threes in the past. And uh, Nathan Yu, again, this is his fourth time. Uh, he was here a long time ago, not playing with us, but uh, watching his brother uh, Jordan play. So uh, we expect big things from uh, Nathan Yu this weekend. You're telling me Graham Bath is a real integral player in this tournament, eh, Kyle? Definitely. He's, uh, he's the most aggressive guy I know <laughs> on the court and off the court. So... It's someone that he really pushes the guys because of how intense he is. And, and uh, when you need to find some grit, because we got a lot of talented guys, you need some grit when you're playing the teams of Trinity and, and the big guys. You need someone like Graham Bass to, uh, that's not afraid to give that uh, little forearm shiver to someone <laughs> coming through the lane. How's he going to do today, Vern? Kyle Watson. Yeah. Uh, I think Kyle, Kyle will do, uh, do well. He's got, uh, like I told him earlier, he's got big shoes to fill. But, uh, no, he'll do, he'll do a great job. So uh, you're, you're in good hands. Uh, Vern... I'm tired, but whatever. Who cares about me? It's not about you. It's no. not about me at all. Uh, Kyle, you're a little worn, or you're doing okay here? No, I'm good. Oh, okay. Great. That's just me. Uh, how's the team doing, though, for early start time? It's not even 9 o'clock in the morning back home. You know, it, it's, when we saw the draw, it's frustrating, obviously, because every time we've come here now, we always, they always give the BC team the early game, um, usually us. Um, but with that said, we, just, we, we had a laugh about it. That's why uh, three years ago we went to the 10 a.m. practice times so really, you know, guys are used to getting up early and practicing early. So, uh, you know, it's not ha- it's not going to have any bearing on the outcome. Maybe a little sluggish start for, for both teams, but uh, you know, we just weather the storm in the first quarter and uh, we'll be fine. That won't have an impact on us whatsoever. Help with the 10 a.m. practice, basically planning for this tournament. I assume you guys did, eh? Definitely. Yeah, I was talking about it before that. You know, I don't think that this time is a factor a factor at all because. You know, you guys have gym deal in the mornings at 8 a.m., and then you have practice after that. So they're definitely accustomed to waking up early now and playing early and bringing that intensity at the, the early time. So. Uh, uh, Vern, obviously you've been setting up on Acadia. What are they going to try to do? And how do you, I assume you're going to try to just run them out of the gym early. Well, I mean, we've we got to be uh, aware of a few of their players. Uh, Klassen obviously is one of the top, ta- top talents in, in the country. Uh, watching tape on him, he's just been, uh, you know, he's 6'10", but he's really he's, he's got a great perimeter game. He can post up. Uh, do a lot of things. He blocks a lot of shots. Uh, so it's a guy that you know we want to kind of attack and, and make him run the floor with us. Uh, a couple of their guards, Sears, they can you know they can, they got a couple guys that can really shoot the ball well. So uh, we got to be aware of where they are on the floor at all times. But really, it just comes down to um, focusing on what we do best, and that's uh, playing good defense, rebounding, and getting out on the fast break and trying to make it attract me. Have fun today, Vern. Thanks, guys. Best of luck, Vern Opp, assistant coach for the UBC Thunderbirds. Um, interestingly. Randy Knorr running off to try to find the team doctor, and Kyle, I got to say this right now, Josh White is not on the floor, warming up. Yes, I did not see that. Uh, I'm sure he's okay. He was out here shooting earlier, so I'm sure he's fine. It might be a quick tape job, and uh, as Jane's not over there right now dealing with him, so I'm sure it's just a quick tape job. Okay. We'll keep our eye on that one. We'll keep our eye on that one. Well... The other games going on in this tournament this weekend is UBC is getting ready to take on Acadia. Um, <coughs> the way the draw is set up, UBC will... Whoa! <laughs> I 
Better watch over our, our equipment. Jeff almost got nailed by a basketball there. That was not good. Anyways, uh, the way this draw is set up, UBC is the one seed. They, if they win tomorrow, the winner of this game tomorrow will be taking on the victor of the game after this, Lakehead and Trinity Western. Those are the four and five seeds. Lakehead, of course, a team that UBC beat in the first round of the playoffs last year. Trinity Western, those of you that follow the UBC Thunderbirds know all about them. Uh, in the other draw, it is the basically the one seed in that draw is Carlton. They will be taking on Concordia later on today. And the other matchup, which and Carlton, of course, they are, they are maybe UBC's got the one seed, but Carlton, I talked to their head coach yesterday, uh, Dave Smart, and he told me how they're a really young team and how, you know, they expect to get better in future years. Uh, they got a kid who used to play at high school in British Columbia. He was, the can- he was the CIS rookie of the year, their point guard, Philip Scrub. But Carlton, he says we're a young team, although, you know, you got the rookie of the year, you got the player of the year, Tyson Hinza, he got that award. Carlton has won this tournament six times in the last eight years, so they are obviously a favorite. Uh, they'll be taking on, as I said, Concordia in the first round. And then the other matchup, the other draw, a team that UBC beat in the first round two years ago, Dalhousie, is going to be taking on a team that UBC... You know, what's great about this tournament for the Thunderbirds is it's almost loaded with rivals. Is You've got, Kyle, you've got Lakehead and Dalhousie, who you do know, you've, you've played against both of those teams in the last two years at this tournament. And then... Carlton, who you guys lost to in the championship game two years ago. And then, of course, uh, as I just mentioned, really two of the biggest rivals this program has, Trinity Western, who I I like it because you guys say they're not our rival because we beat them every time. So it's just a little one-sided. But a team that has given you guys fits last year and this year. They knocked you out in the Canada West bronze medal game last year, uh, semifinal game last year. They beat you in the national final last year. Split with you early in this year, and then a great Canada West final recently at UBC. Saskatchewan. They, they're almost a bigger rival than Calgary was uh, the last two years before this one. You know, they are now, and, and you know, it, it could be a potential matchup that uh, UBC Saskatchewan uh, meeting at the end there. So it's definitely a big rival. Uh, you know, they, they lost three guys from last year, so it's not necessarily the same team. So the guys that are coming back from UBC. Um, they don't necessarily have that kind of bond, but uh, when it comes down to it, Trinity and Saskatchewan are big rivals of uh, UBC, and uh, it's always a pleasure to play them, and it's, uh, it's always fun to, to get that win over Trinity Western and Saskatchewan. Well, we'll see. So this is the first game of the CIS Men's National Championship Tournament. It is your number one ranked UBC Thunderbirds taking on the Acadia Axemen. Uh, Acadia, once again, the regular season, 7-13. and 13. They're the Cinderella team to get here. They had a knockout Cape Breton in the AUS semifinal for that automatic bid. UBC, 22-2, four straight wins in the playoffs, giving them a record of 26-2 on the year. The websites have UBC at a 21-point favorite, Kyle. But we did talk to Vern Knopf, the assistant coach, this team has gone through having first-round upsets laid upon them in this tournament before. It's true. I didn't know the 21-point uh, margin. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, but, you know, coming into nationals and everything like that, I mean, it's, it's definitely something where if you go out there to try and beat a team by 21, it's going to be tough. So yeah. you, can't, you can't expect anything to land in your lap at this point. Uh, You've got to take everything, and especially if they're, you know, they're 5-7 in the last 
uh, seven games. Um, you know, they're, they're peaking at the right time as well as I think UBC is peaking at the right time as well. And Acadia, you know, I mentioned it to Coach uh, Bauer there. They did knock off Dalhousie in that run who's here and getting the upset over Cape Breton. They are a young team. They didn't expect to be here this year, so they literally have nothing to lose, Acadia. And that, that could be a tough matchup for a team, no? Definitely. Yeah. You know, when people don't expect to win games or, or, or aren't, don't have the pressure on them to win the game. You know, that's when teams come out, shoot the three, they get hot, they go streak, and uh, the team gets behind them, and then the momentum's with them. So, I mean, it is dangerous, especially if you have a team that can shoot some threes, and, and uh, Owen Clawson looks like a guy who could put up some big numbers, and, and uh, I think Kamar Burke would probably be on him to start, but... Uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if they can contain, which uh, I don't see it being a problem. They've had to deal with many uh, stars from other teams before and, and have been able to control that. So, uh, We're about to get ready to have the starting lineups announced for the respective teams. Uh, Kyle Watson, this is part of your gig as the color man. Give us the starting lineups for the two teams. Well, uh, to start off with the Acadia, we have Alex... McGlaughlin. <laughs> you got you got all the pronunciations today, so I'll do I'll do UBC. <laughs> Alex McGlaughlin. Uh, he played 20 games, started 19 for Acadia this year, averaging nine points per game. Uh, their big man Owen Clawson. This is the guy to watch out for. 18 points per game, 10 rebounds on the season. He can also shoot the three, 37 for 106 from that range during the season. Uh, in the backcourt, Anthony Sears. This guy also has good statistics. Started every game for him this year. <coughs> 18 points per game. Leading the team in three-point in three land at 46 made and 38%. And then two guys who start but don't actually get a lot of minutes. Lachlan Gale and Thomas Silviano. And coming off the bench very shortly is going to be Justin Boudelier off the bench and Trevor Lutton, the guy you know uh, personally there, Kyle. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for UBC, uh, we have number four, Josh White, who is really the driver of this team uh, scoring-wise. You know, if there's a shot that's needed to take, it's going to be Josh. He was 79% from the free throw line uh, for the regular season and the playoffs combined. Uh, he tied Nate U for the most made uh, three-point field goals made this year, um, but has taken 10 less. Uh, he's averaging 18 points during the season uh, and 21 per points for the playoffs. You have to read all that. Okay. <laughs> well, just trying to get some insight, yeah. and this is my first time. <laughs> but uh, also Alex Murphy, you know, he really, I feel, is uh, one of the most valuable players on this team as as he's the point guard and, you know, he's a senior guy and, and he, is, uh, he is a driver and he is, like I was talking before, he has the swagger this year um, that I've never seen him have or realistically anybody. Speaking of swagger, though, you got uh, Brett Malish coming up right here. Great year. Uh, we were talking before that he is doing, averaging more points in the playoffs than he is in regular season. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that's going to motivate guys. He's a loud guy. He's going to walk into the huddle right now, and he's going to yell. He's going <laughs> to yell at the guys, similar to what I used to do last year. Uh, Kamar Burke, number 15, uh, you know, he's the first all-star last year, and this just seems to be his tournament. He's, uh, he's a solid player. He, he runs, and uh, he's going to be dominating the boards, and that's what UBC needs from him. And Doug Plum. And Doug Plum. Uh, we got to send it back to the studio to you, Jeff. Of course, it's National Anthem. We'll be back here for the opening tip-off, UBC and Acadia. It's round one of the CIS Nationals right after this.
All right, thanks very much, guys. Yes, we're just about set to get underway. Tip-off in just a couple moments. UBC and the Acadia Axemen, the start of the CIS National Championships. A quick break here on the other side. Tip-off, UBC and Acadia. This is 101.9 FM CITR. Hey, you jazz lovers out there, listen up because the South African trumpeter Hugh Masekela is coming to Vancouver. Hugh Masekela is performing March 12th at 8pm at the Chan Center for Performing Arts. After he immigrated to the US, his number one single, Grazing in the Grass, sold more than 4 million copies. Apart from the trumpet, Masekela also plays the flugelhorn, a brass instrument that resembles the trumpet, but with a wider, conical bore. Born in Quagua Township, Whitbank, South Africa in 1939, Hugh Masekela has come a long way in the last 72 years. So come on down to the Chan Center for Performing Arts at the University of British Columbia. Tickets are $65 for adults, $62 for seniors, and $55 for students. You won't be disappointed. Presented by the Chan Center for Performing Arts and CITR Radio 101.9 Vancouver. All right, we are all set. The UBC Thunderbirds men's basketball team beginning a quest for another attempt to get back to the final game at the CIS Championships. They are at the Halifax Metro Center live in Halifax with the call of the game against the Acadia Axemen. Daryl Wiener is ready to go. Daryl? All, right. all right, everybody. Thank you very much for that, Jeff. We'll be back with you, Mr. Sergeant, at halftime. Jeff, very much appreciated taking your time this morning. I know it's early in Vancouver. To bring us this game. Thanks, Jeff. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Halifax Metro Center here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. UBC and Acadia getting ready. It is round one of the CIS 2011 Men's National Championship Tournament. Here we go, Kyle Watson. Kamar Burke with the tip. Well, I've got a whistle. It's going to be Kamar Burke taking the tip against Owen Clausen. Of Acadia, the ball goes out of bounds off of the tip, and it will be Acadia ball to start the ball game. Yeah, Kamar won that one a little bit too cleanly. <laughs> <laughs> Alex McLaughlin's going to inbound for Acadia at half court. We are now underway here at the National Championship Tournament. Anthony Sears with it, top of the circle for Acadia. Outside right, that is Owen Clausen at the top. He can shoot a three-pointer for the big man. It's Clausen, top of the paint now. Kicks it out. There's a three passing on Sears. Driving to the hoop. Underhand layup. Doesn't get the roll. Brett Mouse with the rebound for UBC. A little bit too much adrenaline on that one right there. Just shows uh, how pumped these guys are ready to play. Nate, you getting the start for the Thunderbirds. No, Josh White. What is going on? Brett Mouse in the paint for the Thunderbirds. He misses the layup on the right side. And here comes Acadia going the other way. Josh White not starting in the ball game. It is Nathan Yu. Sears drives, left-hand layup, underhand, good for Acadia. They lead in the ball game, 2-0. Josh White looking okay. He's on the bike right now, warming up. It might be a simple cramp or something like that. Doesn't seem to be all too bad. Alex Murphy drives for the T-Birds. They are on the board at the 2011 Nationals. Murphy hits the layup, 2-2 the score. We're just starting, Thunderbirds and the Acadia Axemen. Ball inside half court, Nate Yu. Called for a reach-in foul on the Thunderbirds. Thomas Silviano took it for Acadia. 
will be Axman ball out of bounds, 8.49 to go first quarter. We're knotted at two. First team foul on either team. Nate looking for the steal there. Might be one of the quickest guys running the floor in this tournament. Long inbound underneath. Ball goes out of bounds, and it will remain Acadia ball. Luckland Gale unable to handle that one, but it will be Axman basketball, 16 on the shot clock. Looks like the birds just got to communicate a little bit more on defense. They uh, missed the help side on the first basket there. Top of the circle, Luckland Gale with it. Outside right. That's Anthony Sears. He's got their two points so far in traffic. Puts it up over Brett Malish. Is good. Anthony Sears, four early points. Acadia leads in the game, four to two. Alex Murphy, top of the circle for UBC. Top of the circle now, Nate U. Murphy, outside left. Malish, left paint. Going one-on-one, puts it up over Clawson, and he's fouled. And it'll be Brett Malish going to the free throw line for UBC. I think that's going to be a really good look for them uh, today. Clawson, uh, about 6'8", has a little bit of size on uh, Malish, but Malish is aggressive, and we want to get the uh, their most valuable player in trouble uh, to start off. So first foul already. Good positioning by Brett Malish down there, and, and uh, he really can take advantage of people down low, but also has one of the best shot fakes in the league. So... Uh, Brent doesn't get the roll on that first free throw. He was strong. 74% on the year, playoffs and regular season combined. 4-2 the score. Acadia leading in the ballgame. 8.21 to go first quarter. Malice looking to cut the lead to one with this one. Does do that. 4-3 Acadia leading. They've got the ball. Bringing it up the floor. Thomas Fizziano for the Axemen. Six points per game on the season. Top of the circle, Owen Clausen. Malish on him there for UBC. Clawson going to drive left side, stops his dribble. Tough fadeaway left side is good. Nice shot by Owen Clawson. Acadia leads in the game 6-3. to three. That's a tough shot. Uh, good help side there by Doug Plum. Uh, just a tough fadeaway shot by uh, Clawson. Outside left, Alex Murphy looking to drive in traffic. Doug Plum for three. Doesn't get the roll. Kamar Burke with the rebound. Put back good. That is what Kamar Burke has to do, and he can do, and he has to take advantage of that. Um, on the offensive side to get some garbage points. Had an excellent national championship tournament last year was Kamar Burke. Driving down the lane, missing the shot was Figliano, but we have a what do we have? A foul on UBC in traffic there, and Luckland Gale is going to go to the free throw line for the Axemen. 6-5, UBC trailing Acadia in this ballgame. 7.36 to go first quarter. That foul was on Kamar Burke, his first personal second team foul on UBC. Some good news. Uh, Josh White just checking into the game. Uh, smile on his face. He's ready to go. What happened there? I'm not sure. First free throw by Luckland Gale is good. 57% on the year. Good start for Acadia in this one, Kyle. Definitely. It looks like UBC help side is a little bit slow uh, to move over. Um, and Acadia is finding them. They're taking it strong, which is, uh, like their coach said, uh, one of their strategies that they want to do, get to the free throw line. Trevor Lutton and Justin Boudelier have checked into the ballgame for Acadia, so they have their five guys that play their most minutes on the court right now. Acadia employing a full-court press. UBC able to break it. Going two for two at the free-throw line was Gale. 8-5 Acadia leading in the game. 7.20 to go first quarter. Top of the circle, Alex Murphy for the Birds. Five on the shot clock. Outside right, Kamar Burke for three. That's good. Give Kamar Burke five early points. Eight all the score in the ballgame. That's great to see Kamar getting on the board and getting aggressive. Driving to the hoop. 
is Sears, dumps it to Clawson in the circle, knocked out of bounds by Kamar Burke, will remain Acadia basketball, 15 on the shot clock. Good hands by Malish to tip that one out. Uh, so Clawson didn't get the ball there. Right corner, Sears for the Axman. Driving, he puts up a bank shot, no good. Kamar Burke with another rebound for UBC. Here's Josh White, his first touch of the ball game. Left side, Murphy, three ball off the mark. Going for the rebound is Josh White, but it hit the kind of the bottom of the, what do you call that, Kyle? What is the definition? It goes out of bounds. The will be standard. <laughs> the extended standard, yeah. we're going to call it. Uh, again, Kamar Burke hitting the glass hard, though. Uh, almost got the ball over to Josh White with that offensive rebound. Acadia has it. Eight all the score. 6.39 to go. First quarter. Axman playing UBC tough. Here's Boulier. Right corner is Alex McLaughlin. Stops his dribble. Has it knocked away. It's a steal for Doug Plum and UBC. Doug's going to push it. Here's Kamar. Nice pass to Alex Murphy. Layup good. Good fast break basketball there for the Thunderbirds. They have their first lead of the ball game. Good unselfish basketball right there. 10-8 Thunderbirds lead. See if they can go on a little run. It's been a very uncomfortable first three minutes. Top of the circle. Here's Owen Clawson. Outside right Sears. Clawson right paint. Turn around over Brent Malice. That's short. Ball is hip. Rebound putback is good for Trevor Lutton. 10 all the score. Six minutes to go first quarter. That's something that Lutton does. He uh, he hits the glass. He's a point guard, but he, he kind of is a do-it-all point guard and is going to be the driver of this team. UBC has it. 5.48 to go in the first quarter. Outside left, Josh White into traffic. Had it knocked away. Ball sitting on the floor. They're going to call Alex Murphy for a kickball. And it will be Acadia basketball going the other way. UBC turns it over. Acadia playing a little 2-3 zone um, to try and stop the birds from their penetration as well, applying some full-court pressure that UBC hasn't necessarily seen but uh, should be confident with Josh and Alex Murphy. Acadia hanging right with the Thunderbirds early. Good offensive start for both teams. Top of the circle, Anthony Sears. Here's Clawson, right paint. This is where they like it. Going up against Brett Malish. Clawson, nice spin move. Powered dunk over Doug Plum. That was pretty. That was very impressive. He is a long person. He is long and can jump. Very athletic. Acadia leads 12-10. Let's see if that gives him momentum. Malice tries to answer with a three. He gets it to go. Brett Malice, his first points of the ball game. It's a three. UBC in front, 13-12. Malice is going to be a problem to guard for Owen, and if uh, he's aggressive, then he can get Owen in some foul trouble. But great shot by Malice. It's going to extend their defense. Lutton miss for Acadia. Here's UBC on the other way. <laughs> Alex Murphy hits Doug Plum, reverse layup good. Thunderbirds on a 5-0 spurt. They lead in the game, 15-12. Clawson drives right side. He's fouled, and it will be Acadia basketball out of bounds. 15-12, UBC leading in the ballgame, 4.44 to go in the first quarter. Timeout on the floor, UBC. I just gave you the score and the time. You are listening to CIS Round 1 Men's Championship Tournament Basketball from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, Kyle, seems like good start for UBC offensively, but Acadia, they've been hitting some shots this team. What they're doing is they're penetrating. They're trying to get in, in deep, and I know with Tyler, he's going to get in deep, and he's going to try and find someone down low. Owen uh, is down low, and seems like he's kind of got the full repertoire. He's penetrating. Uh, he's taking a couple of uh, fadeaways as well. He's got some nice post moves, so it's going to be a tough matchup for Brent to guard him. Um, but I think uh, Graham Bass might be coming into the game. 
uh, to give uh, Brent a little rest. So either Kamar Burke or Graham Bass will be guarding uh, Owen down low and, and uh, applying some intensity there. If, if Graham's guarding him, he's gonna, it's going to be a tough go. He's going to give him a couple, uh, couple love, love shots. <laughs> and for UBC offensively, Brett Mouse has his three. Kamar Burke's off to a good start. Murphy plumped hit the score sheet. What's UBC? What, why, why are they getting so many points? What's Acadia having trouble with? What are the birds doing? Almost the same thing. They're penetrating. Um, getting Murph into the paint is going to be dangerous because he's not afraid to shoot the ball, but he's, he's finding guys. And uh, that's going to be really tough to stop. And it's actually going to be really tough to stop if multiple people are, are on the scoreboard um, and, and getting a part of it because UBC is a dangerous team and everybody can score. So it's good that not just one person's doing it. Um, that's why UBC is effective, and it's, it's good that they don't go away from that game plan because uh, they'll be tough to stop. But uh, Katie, off to a good start, very good start. Uh, checking the game for UBC, Nate U back in after the very strange start. His first start of the year, actually, for Nate U. And Graham Bath checking into the ball game, as Kyle mentioned. Here's Acadia, 13 on the shot clock. Top of the circle is Trevor Lutton. Here's Clawson, left corner, three ball for McLaughlin. Alex McLaughlin knocks down the three-pointer. 15 all the score, 4.25 to go in the first quarter. Acadia has come out today shooting the ball quite well. Top of the circle, Alex Murphy. Birds have been in tough in this one. Left paint, Kamar Burke. He's got five early points. Left corner, Alex Murphy. Six on the shot clock. Murphy, tough shot, off the mark, rebound goes out of bounds, will be UBC basketball, but Murphy's shot was an air ball, so the Bird's only three on the shot clock. Yeah, it seems like Murphy was in the corner, couldn't get out, uh, tried to draw the foul there, um, unfortunately didn't get it. Melvin Mayotte checking in the ball game for UBC. It's going to be a quick play here for uh, Nate or Josh for a quick shot. And shots white right corner. Graham Bath, somebody's got to shoot it, and Graham Bath lets the shot clock run out. I don't think he knew, obviously. There's got to be communication regarding that one. That's a miscommunication right there. Don't like to see that at the national tournament. Definitely not. Four minutes to go in what's been a very good first quarter. 15 all, UBC and Acadia nodded in the ballgame. Top of the circle, Boudillier. Thought about the three. Outside left, into traffic. Layup Figliano is good, and the foul! And Thomas Figliano will go to the free throw line to complete the three-point play. Acadia's got their offensive game on right now. Penetration. They're getting in, and uh, it seems the birds are getting beat off the first step, uh, requiring the help side to come. Thomas Figliano, Figliano at the free throw line, 52%, gets it to go. Acadia shooting lights out in this ball game. 18-15, they lead UBC. 3.41 to go in the first quarter. Josh White, no points in the ball game. Top of the circle for UBC. Kamar Burke back to Josh. Top of the circle. Here's Nate U outside left. Grand Bath left paint with position. Hard into traffic. His layup is good. Grand Bath is on the board. 18-17, Acadia leading in the game. 321 to go first quarter. They've got the ball. Clawson gonna drive for the Axman. Easy layup is good. 2017 Acadia on top. Yeah, go go gadget arms. He is long. He took off from pretty far away there and almost sunk the ball. Top of the circle, Joshua White with this spin move in traffic. Makes a move, puts it up. They're gonna say Josh. Are they calling offensive foul on that one? 
That's a tough call. Uh, that's just a smart play right there. And uh, he pushed, pushed the ball into the other guy's chest and was called for the charge. First team foul, first foul on Josh White. UBC now in the penalty the rest of this quarter. Acadia has only committed one team foul this quarter. So UBC, Acadia's in the bonus. Acadia still has three fouls to give for the last 250. Buda there misses a jumper left side. Kamar Burke with the rebound. He's going to push it. Outlets to Nathan Yu. Bobbled the pass, so UBC has to set up. Grand Bass left paint. Nate Yu, three left side. Off the mark. Mayotte with the rebound. Thunderbirds reset. Nate tries again left side. That doesn't go in either. Anthony Sears with the board for the Axemen. They've got a three-point 2017 lead. Sears going to drive. Puts it up over Kamar and offensive foul. It was almost a foul in the basket perhaps, but Kamar took an offensive foul. UBC the other way. Great defense. Great positioning by Kamar there. No doubt on that call. Grand Bath on the other end. Finding Nate twice in the corner. Very unselfish look. Good look. We just, uh, UBC just has to bury them. 2017 Thunderbirds trail. Boudelier almost had a steal. UBC still has it. Josh White tries, still looking for his first point. Draws the foul, gets the basket. Josh is pumped up on that one, and he'll go to the line for the three-point play. Penetration in the zone. It's going to be key. Uh, if Josh can get into the middle of that zone over and over again, then it's going to be tough to stop uh, finding Graham back down low or Kamara as well. Josh looking to tie the ball game with this free throw, 79% regular season playoffs combined. Lefty set fires, Josh is good. 20 all the score, 2.14 to go. It has been a much closer first quarter than I think a lot of people anticipated. Acadia staying right with the Thunderbirds. Their offensive game has looked real good. Top of the circle is Anthony Sears. Going to drive for the action. Find some room. Layup. Good. Mismatch there for G-Bass. Switched on to um, Sears, who is a quick, mobile person. Who, yeah, nice move. Top of the circle, Nate Yu. He's scoreless in the ball game. There's Grand Bath. Top of the circle now. Top of the paint. Now driving into traffic. Grand Bath draws the foul and gets the basket. And Grand Bath will go to the line for the three-point play as the Birds have a chance to reclaim the lead. I really like seeing this out of Grand Bath. Being aggressive, looking to play, looking to score. Uh, if someone doesn't take a charge on him, it's going to be very difficult to stop Graham, especially uh, he's like a freight train. <laughs> <laughs> Grand Bath at the line. 64% playoffs regular season combined. Sporting the playoff sideburn. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> Ball goes out of bounds off of the missed free throw. Will be Acadia basketball. 22-22 the score. Minute 40 to go in the first quarter. For Acadia, picking up that foul was Anthony Sears. He is their second leading scorer at 18 points per game. And he is going to come off right now, so a big loss for the Axemen there. Yeah, definitely. He's been their go-to uh, offensive guy so far. Uh, as well with Gladson, who just subbed back onto the game as well. Both teams in the penalty the rest of this quarter. Minute 30 to go in the first. 22 all. Here's the accident with the ball. Top of the circle is Trevor Lutton. Into the paint is Clawson. He's fouled from behind. UBC's in the penalty, of course, so Acadia will get free throws out of this. You don't like that call, eh? <laughs> I don't like that call. He was fronting him, and uh, it almost was a 50-50 ball right there. UBC's playing... Uh, very aggressive help side defense uh, with Klassen down low. 
you'd see Nate right underneath the hoop waiting for the pass, uh, leaving um, another player in the corner wide open for three. But that's their go-to guy right here. Clawson, 69% on the year, gets the first free throw. Doesn't get the roll on the second. 23-22, Acadia up. Minute 20 to go. It's been an offensive first quarter. Thunderbirds with the basketball. Grand Bath, right paint. Little baby hook over. Clawson is good. Give Grand Bath, I believe that's six first quarter points. Yeah, great move. Little baby hook. That's, that's Graham's shot, and uh, he's keeping taking it at Clawson. Clawson takes a three over, Graham. It's strong. Rebound. Brent Malice can't hold on to it, but he's fouled. And Acadia in the penalty, so Brent Malice will get free throws at the other end of the floor. 24-23, UBC in front. Minute 01 to go, first quarter. That's the shot UBC wants Clawson to take. He's a good three-point shooter, but they didn't move the ball, and it was a, a quick three um, and a good rebound there by Mal using his body, which he does very well on the board. Brett Malish back to the free throw line. Sets up on the first, gets it to go. For Acadia, picking up that foul was Trevor Lutton, his first personal. DC product. Malice was going to give UBC a 26-23 lead. He does it. Minute 01 to go, first quarter. Lutton brings it up the floor for the Axemen. Just inside half court. Still has it. 15 on the shot clock. Katie is slowing it down. Good defense by UBC switching all screens with the time dying down. Top of the circle is Alex McLaughlin. He has it knocked away. Ball on the floor. Regained. Three left side for Filziano. That's strong. And the rebound goes to Melvin Mayotte of UBC. He's going to bring it up the floor. Great box up by Melvin Mayotte right there. Malice three. Air ball, easy rebound for Clawson, and now Acadia can wait for the last shot of this first quarter. They've got it, trailing in the ball game, 26-23. It's Tyler Lutton, 12 seconds ago in the first quarter. Lutton looking to drive left side, has it knocked away briefly, gets it back, throws up a wild heave, rebound, tip no good, and after the first quarter of play, it was a pretty good one. Here at the Halifax Metro Center, it is UBC leading the Acadia Axemen 26-23. You're listening to UBC Thunderbird CIS Men's Championship Tournament Basketball on 101.9 FM CITR Radio back home in Vancouver. Thoughts on the first, Kyle? High-scoring affair. Uh, I know Kev Hanson doesn't like to see that, so, uh, you know, 23 points is something that uh, Kev will definitely be talking to the team about. A little slow start uh, defensive-wise, but they got a couple stops near the end there. They just have to keep the guys off the board um, and try and stop the penetration. Don't, uh, don't allow penetration middle. Uh, force them to the baseline, and then they'll have help. So just uh, key fundamentals that UBC's done all year, and they just got to be a little bit more aggressive with their defense. Uh, this first game, Kyle, just want to touch on You ever play in this early one? Uh, yes. I think our, our last yeah. game last year was. Is it a little strange, though, coming out? You know, everybody's still at the hotel. The tournament hasn't really got into gear yet. And obviously with the time change, is it just sort of an odd game where you really almost have to get yourself up for it in a little different way where maybe later in the afternoon or by tomorrow you don't have to do You almost have to jack yourself up that the tournament's actually happening. You don't have to jack yourself up. <laughs> You're already, you've been waiting the whole season to get here. Uh, it's not about that, but 
definitely the atmosphere. Um, when we were playing in Scotiabank Arena, it felt like the place was empty because right. uh, it was such a large arena. So, you know, there's a decent crowd here right now, actually, with uh, probably quite a few Acadia fans. It's only about 90 minutes away from here. Um, but it's a tighter venue. So uh, it feels more busy, which, which increases the atmosphere, which makes it feel like a normal game, um, as opposed to the, the empty Scotiabank. <laughs> makes it really feel like morning when, uh, when it's that quiet in the stadium. All right, second quarter about to get underway for UBC. Here in this next 10 minutes of play, it is Brent Malish, Doug Plump, Josh White, Alex Murphy, and Balrash Baines getting some minutes in the national top. Yeah, Balrash Baines, you know, uh, underrated. He, he affects a lot of shots. It might not show up in the stat sheet. He does get his, his blocks, but, but he affects shots. He alters shots, and um, you know what? If he's hitting the glass and getting some boards, he's a very unselfish player and, and will get that ball and, and pass it right back out. So a good role player right here coming in. Thunderbirds get the ball to start the second. Outside left, Douglas Plum with it for UBC. We have a foul on UBC here to start the second quarter, and it will be Acadia ball the other way. A little bit of a flop on that play. Um, emphasized the, the slight contact that Ballers was and, and made it seem that he was out of position. However, looks like a pretty good screen to me. That foul was on Ballers. Ballers has a steal. He's got to break the other way. And the foul, and Bullrash Baines will go to the line to commit the, to complete the three-point play, and Kyle Watson did a double fist bump on that one. I don't know if I've ever seen that by Bullrash Baines. <laughs> Him running the court, you just want to, you hope that that's going to go in, but uh, he, uh, what a great steal. Good pressure by Bullrash using his length, and uh, good, good body control. Awesome play. Bullrash looking to complete the three-point play. Doesn't get the rope, but does plop with the rebound. Blocked by Clawson in traffic. Clawson, like I said before, Clawson is a barrage. He is long and alter shot. Five-point UBC lead. Driving, layup no good for Acadia. It's Phil Giano, but he'll go to the line for two as he was fouled. Barrage laid on the help on that one. Um, just need to get Barrage in position so he can alter those shots right there. He had to jump in, uh, hit, um, hit him on the arm. Bill Giano strong on the first free throw, 28-23, UBC leading in the game. Bill Giano missed both, but the rebound goes all the way out, and it's going to go out of bounds, and it will be Acadia basketball off of the missed free throw. Those are ones you can't let happen. It was a long rebound, but uh, the, uh, the shooter can never get those rebounds. He should always be boxed out. Clawson driving for the Axman. His layup is short. Rebound goes out. Ballrash tipped it to Doug Plum. Here's Josh White the other way. He's going to push it. Josh falls down. They're going to say he traveled. Turnover UBC. Acadia will have it. Down 28-23 in the ball game. 9-19 to go in the first half. Tough one for Josh there. Just looked like his knee gave out on uh, the Euro step, that they call it. Right side three is short from McLaughlin. Plum with the rebound for the Thunderbirds. Doug's going to bring it up the floor. Doug finds some room. Looking to drive. Nice dump to Brent Malish. Layup good. Love to see it. I love to see the push by Doug Plum right there. Uh, defense won't be able to get back. Great push. Awesome pass. UBC biggest lead of the ball game. Seven points. 30-23. to 23, 8.50 to 3 to go in the first half. Here's Anthony Sears. Top of the circle. Alex McLaughlin. Outside left. Phil Giano, right corner, Sears, three on the shot clock, drives over, Ballrash is good, and the foul. Nice play there, and Thomas, Phil G or Anthony Sears, 
We'll go to the line for Acadia to complete the three-point play. That's a frustrating call right there for Balraj. Balraj was standing still with his hands up. Uh, tough shot. Uh, good shot, but tough call. For Balraj, that's his third personal. Sears at the line, gets the first to go, gets the free throw to go, completing the three-point play. 30 to 26, UBC leads by four. They've got the ball. 8.33 to go in the first half. It's been a good half of basketball. Top of the circle, Alex Murphy. Outside left, Joshua White. Josh holding it still. Six on the shot clock. Throws it to Alex Murphy, out of bounds. Acadia ball, and I gotta say, Kyle, Josh White does not look quite right here in this ballgame. Yeah, it seems, uh, you know, not starting there. there something else uh, must happen. Uh, so someone else, he might not be in the right mindset right now. But uh, he's subbing out. Oh, no, he's staying in the game. Is that fair to say, though? He's turning it over more and hasn't taken any kinda, shots. Kind of uncharacteristic. He got in the key a couple times. So that's what he has to uh, focus on. There's Boudelier, top of the circle, outside left. This Tyler Lutton. Long jumper for McLaughlin is good just inside the three-point line. UBC lead cut to two, 30-28, 7.55 to go. First half. Axman on a little 5-0 spurt here. Outside left, right in front of us, Brent Malish. Nice pass, Doug Plum to Kamar Burke. Bank shot, good in the paint. Getting into the middle of the, the zone right there. Uh, Doug Plum finding Kamar down low. Doug Plum's had a good half. Yes. 32-28, UBC in front, 7.32 to go, second quarter. Phil G. nice pass, Boudelier blocked from behind by Kamar Burke with Clawson, but it goes out of bounds, and it will remain Acadia basketball, 12 on the shot clock. Good block by Kamar. Um, saved a couple points there as there was no uh, help side defense. Josh White subbing out right now, Melvin Mayotte into the game. Lutton inbounds it, left side, long jumper for Clawson is good. UBC lead again cut to 2, 32-30. Thunderbirds with the ball. Here comes the thumb up pick and roll play. I've seen a lot of these. Alex Murphy looking to drive, kicks it out to Brett Malish. Kamar Burke at driving, oh, but he couldn't handle the pass from Malish, and if he'd just been able to corral it, he would have had an easy two in the paint. Good pass by Malish, had, uh, had the defender beat for a potential dunk there, but uh, couldn't hold on to it. Acadia with it, down by two. They've hung right with the Thunderbirds here in the first half. Lutton, outside left. Here's Clawson, left paint. Swings it outside right. McLaughlin for three. It's strong. I was right on line, though. Rebound goes to Kamar Burke. Kamar's going to push it. Nice pass to Doug Plum. He goes into traffic. Puts up a top lamp over. Clawson is good. Good two, strong take. Two more points for Doug Plum. UBC gets the lead up to 34-30. Long three for Boudelier. I think he's scoreless here in the first half. That was short. Alex Murphy with the rebound. Outside right, his pass to Melvin Mayak goes out, right out of bounds. Another turnover by the Thunderbirds. I think he figured uh, Melvin was spotting up for the three, but uh, both Kamar and Melvin were cutting to the hoop. Timeout on the floor, 34-30. UBC leading in the ballgame. 626 to go in the first half. Yeah, exciting, quick game, and uh, the Acadia coach wanted to keep this game close so that uh, the pressure was on UBC. So, so far, um, they're doing just that as it's 34-30. Um, you know, they want to keep it close, put some pressure on UBC, and see where it goes from there. 
A couple stats of note. Um, UBC is 64% from the field, so shooting well, getting in there offensively. Um, and Acadia shooting a high 50% as well. So the free throws, the UBC is 4 for 7, and Acadia is 5 for 8. So another strategy of Acadia was to get to the line, and they are um, taking more free throws than UBC so far. Uh, the big factor in the game so far is UBC has 7 turnovers, um, in comparison to Acadia's three. So that's four more possessions that uh, Acadia has had. So Alex Murphy, Josh White have to take care of the ball a little bit better. Um, Alex Murphy with a rare turnover, but who else has turnovers? Yeah. <laughs> so seven, seven turnovers to three uh, so far. Leading scores for the two teams. What do we got here, Kyle? Uh, Brent Malish has... Uh, eight points for UBC in 11 minutes, and Kamar Burke has seven points um, in 10 minutes. For Acadia, the two leading scorers, uh, as expected, are Owen Clawson with seven and Anthony Sears with nine. It's going to be Acadia basketball. They bring it up 34-30 to go. It's 34-30 to score. UBC in front. Long kick out for the Axemen. Top of the circle is Watton into traffic. Outside left, Boudelier. Drive, spin move, tough shot blocked by Brent Malish. 6.05 to go in the first half. Here come the Thunderbirds the other way, up 34-30. Brent Malish with a big block there. He's had a real solid first half. Yeah, it looks like Boudelier is uh, really trying to force it now. He hasn't scored all first quarter, so. 10 to go on the shot clock for the Birds. Here's Alex Murphy with it. Outside left, Kamar Burke. Tough jumper, and they're going to call Kamar for an offensive foul. Lutton drew him into it for the Axemen. For Kamar, that might be number three, and it, it's number two. It's number two on Kamar Burke. Yeah, good little move, but uh, again, Lutton taking the charge there. Fourth team foul on UBC, so again, Acadia in the bonus for the rest of this quarter. Axemen still have three fouls to give. 540 left in the half. Advantage them on that one. And it's going to be Clawson going up for the shot. He has it knocked out of bounds. Good defense there by Brent Malish. Will remain Acadia ball 13 on the shot clock. As well, good help side by Doug Plum. They're going to need that help side defense as uh, Clawson makes the post move. Doug Plum doesn't look like he's ever been here before, hey? Doug is motivated. Nice inbound alley-oop. Hitting the little short jumper was Boodlier off of the inbound. UBC lead again, only down to two, 34-32. 5.23 to go in the first half. Thunderbirds in a little bit of a swoon offensively right now, just a little bit. Let's see if they can get a handle on it real quickly here. Left corner, Brent Malish. Leading them with eight points. Top of the circle, Alex Murphy, six on the shot clock. Alex drives, lost the handle again, and it'll be Acadia ball going the other way. Ball looks slippery out there right now for the, the UBC Thunderbirds. Acadia looking to tie it, or dare I say take the lead here. 5.04 to go in the first half. They trail UBC 34-32. Lutton has it. Outside left. Stops his dribble. He's got to pass it off. Is able to get to Boudelier. He's going to drive left side. Reverse layup. Good. Justin Boudelier, four straight points for Acadia. We are knotted at 34. Top of the circle, Alex Murphy. Outside right, Joshua White. Josh into traffic now, looking to get going offensively. Kicked it to Doug Plum. He drives, short jumper right side is short. Rebound goes to Lutton, and Acadia brings it up the floor, looking for the lead in this ball game. Right in it. Top of the circle, Boudelier, he's getting going now. Right side, McLaughlin with it. 12 on the shot clock, Clawson right corner. 
Big size advantage over Josh White. Going to drive right side, left corner. Three ball is short. That was Phil Giano. Rebound goes to UBC. It was Alex Murphy. Josh White looking to penetrate. Now he's going to slow it down. Nice no-look pass to Brent Malice. Left paint. Brent, reverse layup is good. Brent Malice in the double figures with 10. 36-34, UBC leading in the ballgame. UBC behind the zone right there. It looks like it's open. Uh, they're pushing up, trying to put a lot of pressure on, uh, on the ball, but uh, Brent Malish behind the zone. We have a whistle in traffic. UBC's in the penalty, so Acadia is going to get some free throws on this one. Waiting to see who it's on. It's on Brent Malish, his second personal. It'll be Owen Clawson to the line for Acadia. Trailing in the game only by two, 36-34. 3.49 to go in a first half that has been closer than expected. Timeout, UBC. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, offensively, it doesn't seem to be too much of a struggle for UBC, but defensively, uh, Acadia is getting what they want and where they want. Um, like I said, they seem they are uh, one step behind uh, right now, so having that... Um, that help side defense is going to be vital for them to, to get some stops here. Uh, Tommy Nixon about to check into the ball game, Kyle. Um, you, he was a red shirt when you were on the team last year. Your thoughts on this first-year player who actually played in every game this season? Tommy Nixon has a lot of potential. He, uh, he, has, he has the inside and out. He, he can drive very well. He has, uses his left hand very well. Um, he has a lot of potential. He's a strong guy, and... Uh, what he needs to work on is just getting to the, the O glass, the D glass, getting some boards using his size that he has. Um, but definitely can score, can score in bunches. Um, and unexpectedly, he'll, he'll have some matchups with some bigger guys, and he, he, uh, he has a good first step, and we'll get past them. 36-34, the players come out of the timeout. UBC leading in the ballgame by only two. 3.49 to go in the first half. In a game where Acadia's best players have all been playing well here in the first half. Definitely, and they're, um, Alex Murphy and Josh Wright really haven't uh, shown it yet. Uh, they're, hopefully they're getting comfortable here, but I think UBC just really has to push the ball, um, hit guys on the wings, and uh, push it so they don't, have to, um, they don't have to run the sets against the zone. Clawson back to the free throw line for the action. First one is good. So Acadia, who a short time, to, short time ago trailed in this game by UBC, got the lead to seven, can tie it with this Clawson free throw. He's short with that one. Thunderbirds in front, 36-35. They have it, 3.45 to go in the first half. Alex Murphy, top of the circle, calling that thumb-up play. Here's the pick set by Tommy Nixon. Josh White with the ball. Josh going to drive down the middle, left side. Puts a bank up, no good. Rebound goes to Lutton, and I'm sorry, that's Phil Giano, and here comes Acadia the other way, looking for the lead. Tough shot there for Josh. Um, he's got to get more to the hoop. Boudelier, top of the circle now. Stops his drill, has to pass it off to somebody. Finds it right corner. Tyler Lutton with it there. Four on the shot clock. Boudelier drives. Somebody's got to put it up. Left side, three for Phil Giano, is off the mark. But Clawson got the rebound, put back, good. Acadia leading in the game, 37-36, three minutes to go, first half. Alex Murphy, top of the circle for UBC. Outside left, Melvin Mayock. Doug Plum, top of the key. Into traffic, short jumper, good. Doug Plum has had a very solid half of basketball minute today. UBC in front, 38-37. Tough shot. 2.40 to go, first half. Here's Acadia with the basketball. 
Tyler Lutton with it. Top of the circle is Owen Clausen. Dribbles off his foot. Alex Murphy picks it up for UBC. Looking to push it up the floor. Outside right, Tommy Nixon. His first touch of the game. His first touch of his Nationals career. Doug Plum in the paint. Nice up to Nixon underneath. Puts a wild layup up. Hits the bottom of the hoop. Turnover on the Thunderbirds. Just a missed shot, I guess, on the Thunderbirds. But you can almost call that a turnover with a bad shot there. Yeah, UBC playing a really small lineup right now. Tommy Nixon playing pretty much the center guard right now. Uh, and Doug Plum guarding the post. So uh, UBC playing small ball. We'll see how that turns out. Doug Plum doing a really good job feeding uh, people down low. 38-37, UBC in front by that one point. Approaching two minutes to go, first half. Here's the action. Sears, three right side. is good. Anthony Sears gives Acadia a two-point lead, 40-38. to Sears catching on fire. Uh, good start to the game for him. Outside left, Melvin Mayotte for the Thunderbirds. Don't think he scored here in the first half. Here's Doug Plum. Drives outside right, Nathan Yu. Finds Joshua Wright, outside right. Seven on the shot clock for UBC. Josh, top three, and the foul. Are they going to call it a three or a two? He'll go to the line. And they are going to call it a three-pointer. Josh White will go to the line to complete what will be potentially a four-point play. Good veteran move right there. Uh, saw that Tyler or Giano's hands were down and uh, just caught it on the way up. And uh, tough shot. You ever have a four-point play, Kyle? Timeout Acadia, minute 36 to go first half. UBC leading in the game, 41-40. Me personally, I have not had a four-point play. <laughs> Back when I was in high school when I shot some threes, uh, I don't think I ever got a four-point play. No. They're rare. They are rare. <laughs> I think Josh has had a couple in his career, though, at UBC. Um, not your go-to shot, though. <laughs> I, I got much more. I thought you'd be more excited with that. It, it was play. a good play. It definitely was. <laughs> I, game's tight, though. Getting a little nervous? Or the, what's going on on the players' bench right now? How are they feeling? You've been in these tight games or at Nationals being a favor and things aren't going your way? At UBC, you expect to win. So uh, I just think right now they're just they're rolling with it. Basketball's games of runs. And uh, right now, KD is shooting a high percentage. So, so uh, they just got to get a couple stops. And uh, once they get two or three in a row, then um, I feel like they'll probably go on a little bit of a run here. Fouls on Phil Giano. His second personal. Kane's only committed two team fouls here. UBC, of course, in the penalty here in the second quarter. Uh, Acadia, they don't have the depth, obviously, that UBC has, Kyle. They seem to be playing really about seven players in this game, but they have done a good job keeping those players out of foul trouble here. Yeah, well, what they're doing is they're subbing the guys in and out pretty quickly. So, um, so you know, once one of their players is getting a little bit tired, they shuffle them in and give them a couple minutes rest and, and uh, back in with new guys. And UBC losing the turnover battle. Acadia has only done it four times. UBC's done it nine. Josh White at the line looking to complete the four-point play. This will give the Thunderbirds a 42-40 first half lead. He does it. Minute 36 to go in the first half. Boudelier trying as UBC employs a two-man full-court press. Outside right is Phil Giano. Boudelier, left corner is McLaughlin. Ten on the shot clock for Acadia. Yes! Top of the circle inside half court. Cut Tyler Lutton. Tries to hit Clawson in the paint. That pass just goes right out of bounds. There's Acadia's fifth turnover of the half. UBC will have it. Up by two, 42-40. Minute 15 to go. It's been, as Kyle said, a very tight and close first half. 
At the free throw line is Doug Plum for the Birds. Left corner, Nate U for three. Doesn't get the roll, it was short. And McLaughlin with the rebound. Nate U scoreless here in the first half. Here's Clawson. Left corner, McLaughlin for three again for the Axeman. That's short. Clawson tipped. He went for the dunk on the rebound. Couldn't get it to go. Plum with the rebound for UBC. Here's Josh White for the Birds. Left corner, right corner. Nate U for three is good. He's had a lot of chances, but he finally got it to go. Nate U knocks down the three. UBC in front by five, 45-40. Good to see Nate getting his range. Uh, it's something that you definitely have to find in a new arena. Uh, depth perception and everything. So, again, Nate started his uh, a definite benefit here for UBC. Boudelier took a three for Acadia. It was off the mark, but Clawson was fouled in the paint on that one, and Owen Clawson will go to the line for two for the Axemen. Clawson having a big game so far. Clawson gets the first free throw to go. A foul for UBC on Tommy Nixon, his first. Foul away from the ball. Those things uh, hurt the birds, especially when they're in the penalty. Clawson goes two for two. UBC in front by three. 45-42, 32 seconds to go in the first half. Here's Joshua White, and he turns it over. Clawson picks it up, has it in the open court. There's a little bit of bumping and grinding going on there, but no foul was called. Jeff Hadson upset about that one. Giving it to the refs right now. He's really furious, actually. Arcadia has it. 11 on the shot clock, 14 on the game clock. Let's see if they bleed it down. Bill Giano drives. McLaughlin outside left. Into Bravo. traffic. Wild hook shot. No good. Here's UBC with a shot to go the other way. Nayu has it. Here's Josh White. One second left. Turn around left side is good at the buzzer. And UBC will go into the half with a 47-42 point lead. You know, Acadia had a brilliant first half there, I thought, Kyle. And really their first, like, brain freeze of the night. McLaughlin, with still time left there in the first half, put up a wild hook. Gave UBC time to go the other way. Josh White hits the big shot right at the end of the half. Yeah, not a good shot by McLaughlin to uh, let the birds come back and have an opportunity to uh, score, which Josh did there, which could be a definite um, momentum swing. So a uh, big shot there by Josh, and he was uh, pretty excited about that one. Um, gave out a big yell. So we'll see where it goes from here. We'll see if Acadia can put together uh, another solid half like they did on the first half. UBC leading in the ballgame, 47-42. Looks like Mr. Knopp has uh, left us. Can we go? I don't think the coaches are too happy right now with uh, <laughs> the play on the defensive end by uh, UBC so far. So it looks like we will not have a UBC halftime interview right now. 47-42 as halftime has arrived. Now, one thing for UBC, though, late there. Kyle, is the Thunderbirds off to a slow start in this ball game? I thought Josh White was one of the birds who got off to a slow start there. Hits the three-point play right corner. Hits the turnaround jumper right at the buzzer. Maybe Josh is going to get going now. Yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, something before the game, you know, kind of had him in a different mindset. So uh, good to see him out there fired up, showing some emotion there at the end. Um, if Josh White gets going, it's uh, the whole team goes. So, yeah, I think it's about getting uh, Alex Murphy and Josh White going. Uh, I'm actually very impressed with how Doug Plum plays. Uh, Doug, who is a gym rat, a basketball rat, he, uh, you know, he's always wanted to play for a winner, and he, he puts a lot of time in to do so. And, uh, you know, he's shown it. He's, show, he's being unselfish and uh, getting the rock to the right people in the right situation. So very, 
very good half for Doug Club. I think he had the best half. 47-42, UBC in front of Acadia at halftime. Kyle, I see you're getting messages. I just at the tone of the messages that you're getting from various people. Yeah, yeah. There's, oh, there's definitely a lot of UBC people that, uh, that are texting me saying, hey, you're on the radio, we're all listening. So uh, that's good support as well. I'm kind of working as well, doing my job too. <laughs> doing my job that I do work back home. So uh, multitasking, but... Uh, Having a fun time. Oh, you're doing... Wow, look at you go. Uh, people worried about the half, though. Um, they're excited, but uh, definitely worried. I, I just got a text from my mom. She's, she's a stress <laughs> case right now. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think all the parents up in the stadium right now, you can see uh, they're a little nervous. Um, you, know, uh, you put a lot of time into nationals and everything, yeah. and there's been disappointment over the years. So, yeah. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Kyle. We'll be back for the second half momentarily. I'd like to now thank my uh, halftime guest here. Oh, Mr. Scanlon, can, can we have it? the UBC assistant? I, I apologize there greatly. Uh, with us now, Assistant Coach. I saw you were ditching us there, Vert. Vert no, got back. got a little caught up in the motion of the game and <laughs> forgot I had to be here. So, uh, Thanks, Vert. Uh, thoughts on the first half, Vert? It's closer than a lot of people think, but five point, not a bad halftime lead. Yeah, no, I, I think we just kind of uh, shook a little of the cobwebs off. I mean, we didn't have... We, you know, we had a two-hour practice yesterday. Our, yesterday, we only had an hour here, so, uh, you know, we're not happy with it, obviously, but, you know, we played poorly, and we got a five-point lead, so it's, uh, it could be worse. Uh, Kyle thought Doug Plum was your best player in the first half. Yeah, I totally agree. Doug did, uh, you know, Doug really kind of kept us in it at times, uh, not just on the offensive end, but the defensive end, and, and did a good job on the board. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, I'm not sure if you guys know, but we had five guards. Had to finish the last five minutes of the quarter, five guards with uh, all the posts being yeah. in foul trouble again. I saw that. Well, Doug, uh, he's getting in the middle of the zone. He's finding people, which is uh, which is great. It's tough to swap when you get in the middle of that zone. So, that played well. Um, Josh White and Alex Murphy, more turnovers than usual there in the first half. Yeah, you guys not, are right around double digits there. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on there, but, uh, you know, Alex, you know, rarely has uh, two bad halves. And again, I remember the last time he had an off game, so I'd expect Alex to turn it around. Um, you know, we don't need to tell him that he, he struggled in that first half. He, you know, he's well aware of it. Uh, Josh, hopefully the last couple of hoops will yeah. get him going, and uh, I'd expect him to come out way more aggressive in the second half and uh, do what he's done for us for the past three years. What happened with Josh White starting the game? Don't tell me. I mean, it's going to give an NFL reference. I think of Thurman Thomas in the Super Bowl not being no. able to find his helmet there. Uh, it was med medical, so we'll okay. just leave it at that. All right, we'll leave it at that. Um, he looks okay out there, though. He, he looks <laughs> like he's not hurting that much, so that's yeah, good to see. I, actually, I think it affected, it affected Nathan you more than anything because Nate, Nate started for the first game time this year. <laughs> and kind of like what's going on, so uh, we subbed Josh out as soon as we could just to get Nate back on the bench, and we knew Nate coming back in would be more comfortable and Finally got uh, hit the one three-pointer, so hopefully that'll get Nathan going as well. Uh, last one here, Vern. Tita taking this game over in the second half and make it where it's not going to be a tight one. No, 100% defense. Um, you know, I thought we did a good job defensively in, in transition, but uh, in that defensive half court, we gave up middle, middle penetration way too much and uh, gave up a few offensive boards, which uh, hurt us as well. If we continue to keep them on the outside, uh, we should have no problem in the second half. Awesome, Vern. Take Thanks, care guys. of business here. Burton, opposition coach for the UBC Thunderbirds. Uh, Kyle, uh, joining us right now, Joe Scanlon. You can take your little break here. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much, Kyle. We'll be back here for the second half uh, in about 15, but Jeff, stay with us right now. I'd like to thank a very special guest. Sorry for the little delay there, sir, but no you, you saw we, we had a good reason. Coach was a little late coming over, so we had to do that one. Uh, Joe Scanlon, who's a retired professor at Carleton, who does a lot of writing on the Carleton University basketball team, men and women. And, uh, sir, thank you very much for coming on with us today. No problem. Um, 
Carlton. Because, uh, you know, we, we know the Canada Westies, we know Saskatchewan, we know Trinity Western, but there's two teams ranked number two and four, or maybe it's five. What was Lake had? Four or five? Not that it five. matters. Five. It doesn't matter. Not that it, it matters. Matter. So you got the two and five ranked Carlton and Lakehead. Uh, so we need a little insight on those teams. But this Carlton basketball team, obviously, you know, they might be ranked two, but definitely one of the heavy favorites in this tournament. Six championships they've won in the last eight years. Uh, Mr. Scanlon, please tell us about this 2010-11 Carlton Ravens basketball team. You got the coach of the year and Dave Smart. You got the player of the year and Tyson Hins, and you got the rookie of the year in Philip Scrub at the point guard position. Well, they're, they're an interesting team. Of course, I don't know really, I remember the Carlton's been here a number of times, but the first time Dave Smart came here, they lost in the first round on a barn burner. Actually, on a they actually lost in a shot that didn't go in, and Carlton had guarded the guy Steve Magga McMaster that was shooting, but somebody got the rebound, threw it up the air, the buzzer went, and the ball went in, and they were out. <laughs> the next year, Smart lost to York in a game at York, and then started the five straight ones. But of course, the mainstay of that team was Oswaldo Johnny, who's now playing professionally in Europe. And Johnny was the most amazing guy. When he was recruited from high school, he actually told the media, I expect to play, win five national championships. When Carlton won its four straight here in the Metro Center, he told reporters, four down and one to go. <laughs> now, that was their streak. You know, they, they actually treated this place as a home court. And Dave actually hugged uh, the people here when they left after the five straight. He didn't really want to go to Ottawa and play. I think he likes being here. So I think he's back at one of his favorite courts. The team is interesting this year because they've had some health problems. Mike Kenny, who was the point guard last year, has not been well and is only playing limited time. Aaron Chapman, who was uh, disappointing his first three years, came on to the start of the season and is getting limited playing time inside. So, I mean, they're rather incredible. Their top two players are second year and first year. Hinge in second year and, and Scrub in first year. Hinge, by the way, is interesting. I was involved with Carlton basketball when we tried to recruit his father, Willie, okay. who played at McGill and became a Rhodes Scholar. And his mother, who played at McGill, who I didn't try to recruit, I wasn't involved with the women's team, they sit behind me quite often on the road and they say, Joe, go and tell the announcer it's Hins, not Hines. <laughs> so I think Tyson Hins has now been established as Hins. Scrub and his brother actually came to Carlton last year, uh, Thomas Scrub, because the brothers wanted to play together. And uh, they did, uh, they, they're so anxious to play. Tom doesn't get that much playing time, but Philip Scrub has been amazing. I mean, when you're point guard at the number one team in Canada all season, you're getting all that playing time, and he drives in, he shoots threes, he runs the offense. I mean, I read about him first when they played away at the start of the season. I didn't see the game, and I thought, wow, this is pretty impressive. But then I saw him. I understand why. So they're very high in them. It's, the other guys, of well, course... But before we move on, yeah. I apologize, sir, is uh, Philip Scrub, of course, BC boy uh, yeah. from Richmond, BC. And his and, brother. Yeah. Two of them. And went to Yale High School, I believe is what it was. Did UBC have a shot at this guy, or was Philip Scrub, his brother was here, and this is where he was coming along? I think they both decided that. You know, their mother died of cancer this fall, yeah. and they were away for a couple of weeks, but they're living with an aunt, I guess. I don't know. I think they just decided this was the place they wanted to play, and how Dave got a hold of him, I don't know. Because <laughs> he picks up, he's got a kid from Frederick, and he's got a kid from Winnipeg, and I was talking to the parents of a uh, kid from Frederick, and oh yeah, I recruited him five years ago, and he does them in club teams. But he seems to have an idea whether they can play for him or not. The scrubs decided they could. 
because, you know, like Sean Stokwa is going to Acadia this year, a good Ottawa player, so that's where he wants to play. So I think kids decide with Dave, yes, I want to play for him, or no, I don't, and if they do, they come. Because I spoke to uh, Coach Smart yesterday, yeah. and he just said, get it, because I don't, I, I don't talk to him very often, and I think only twice uh, I've ever talked to him, back when UBC played him in the national final two years ago. But I, I got the sense from talking to him that he was actually surprised at how good Phillips Scrub was, and he basically just said he didn't expect this kid to be this good this early. Well, I don't think anybody did, but Dave Sporday, in fact, it's, it's kind of surprising seeing the person that's been developing guys. Josh Poirier, I saw him play as a rookie, and I thought, why have we got this guy on the team? When he's in his final year, he plays for Canada, the World University Games. He's on a national championship team. And one of the other coaches said, I never even bothered to recruit him. He said, I didn't think he'd ever be a player. I'm amazed what Dave's done with him. He brings these guys along and gives them a little playing time development. Scrub and Hins, right, Hins started part of last year, then was the sixth man off the bench most of the year. Scrub started right off the top. Now, if Kenny had not had been in first-class shape, I think he might have played a little less playing time. But, I mean, it's kind of amazing to watch these guys. As you know, Kenny's the only fifth-year player. Uh, Elliot Thompson and Cole Holman are both fourth-year players. So given that Kenny isn't playing that much, this team is all back next year. This is yeah. not a, a senior team, not like UBC with their two fifth-year, three fourth-year fifth starters. Actually, yeah, three well, fifth two fifth-year starters. Well, Josh White should have started should've today. Started, okay. th- we don't know what's don't, going on uh, with him. I noticed yet. that. I thought you had three and you had two. We, we don't know what's going on. They wouldn't tell us. It's a uh, medical issue. And oh, really? That's all we get. That's all we okay. get. But, uh, I mean, this is a team that's got a year away from being outstanding. Yeah. They're already good. But they're depending on their beginning players. He's already recruited two good players, an all-Canadian from Community College Ball and the top player in Ottawa, already green for next year. So they're looking pretty interesting in the long run. Um, I think the Lakehead loss, getting the Lakehead, was sort of almost Dave's forte. The last time he did that in the Ontario Finals, he got clobbered by Windsor at Windsor. And I think you know this. Bob Duff from Windsor wrote a column saying Carlton doesn't belong in the Nationals. Okay, no. Windsor lost in the first round and lost in the Constellation. Carlton won the National Championship. So somehow I don't think losing to Lakehead is a big deal. But Lakehead itself... You know, people don't remember this. Lakehead defeated Carlton last year, stopped their regular season run, defeated them this year. That's two years in a row. And they're an interesting team. They're very solid. And I'm just looking through their stat. They don't get into foul trouble. That's one of their four days. They play very aggressive defense. And they got a lot of good guys. They've got a good fifth-year player, Searle, who's really first class. And I, I think they're a good team. When I left Lakehead last year, I was at the game when Carlton lost, and I met... Uh, Ottawa U coach Dave DiViero, who was then now at McGill. You know, what happened? I'm saying they were beat, Carlton were beaten. You know, I mean, people didn't want to believe that, but Lakehead beat them. It wasn't one of those games where you said, ooh, you know, what happened to Carlton? You said, why was Lakehead so good? Right. And they wanted to come back. They were, when they lost both games last year, I think they learned it's tough to come to the Nationals. I have a theory, and I wrote this today, there are two types of teams here. The teams that have been all season planning to win here, and the teams that suddenly say, oh, we're here. But it's hard to do something. Acadia's putting up a good show against UBC so far. Are they ever? Are they ever? Um, on to this Lakehead team. Um, obviously, Carlton a na- uh, favorite in this tournament. You know, they're g- I'm hoping that we get to see a Carlton-Saskatchewan game yeah. tomorrow. That'll be amazing. But Lakehead, they're going to be playing Trinity Western later today. Trinity, of course, with that great starting lineup. Jacob Dirksen, who yeah. I don't know if you've seen this guy before. No, I haven't seen him yet. Because uh, he was actually at the Nationals about... 
five years ago with was Victoria. He? Really? He was CIS. Okay. He was CIS Rookie of the Year with Victoria. Dirkshire was CIS Rookie of the Year with Victoria. Him and okay, Josh I White. Are you? That, but that's the same guy. Yeah, okay. it's the same guy. Him and Josh White both played for Victoria. Because okay, I didn't remember yeah. that. Because yeah. I, I think Lakehead uh, Trinity Western is the best matchup of the first round. Should yeah. be the best matchup. Yeah. This is a lot better than we expected, I guess. So that my guess, if I had a bet, would be that would be the best matchup. Awesome. We'll and see what happens. Can Lakehead win this tournament? I guess is the question. I would Carlton, say Carlton. We know can. Can Carlton Lakehead? Can UBC can? I think that uh, Saskatchewan can. I would say the others are are not as likely. Right. But I, I I just wrote a piece today, you know, going over them, saying I expect the three three Western teams in Carlton in the next round. But if I had to say which team am I least confident in predicting, Lakehead would be the one. Right. They play well, and they're definite. I think the one thing against them, they played wonderful basketball to beat Carlton. The problem was that game didn't matter. That's like UBC beating Saskatchewan. No, the game it didn't matter. I hear that, and we got to wrap up here, sir. Okay, take but care. I, I do have to say that for some reason, it seems like in Canada West, they take that conference championship okay. game a little more seriously. I think the Western teams do, and Carlton doesn't. Yeah, that's. I, I hear that. I hear okay. that, that they don't... But, Believe me, that UBC Saskatchewan game was amazing. Uh, Joe Scanlon, retired professor at Carleton. Sorry, sir, we got to send it back home okay. and play our stuff there. Uh, where, where can we find your writing, sir? Are we online? Or where oh, can we Dave find? Stevens list, sir. Yeah. Uh, Carleton now decides they like my stuff. They post it on the website. And I have a group of subscribers that I sent to. I'm really pleased because I was out of Victoria last year and a ref came over. I really like your stuff. I said, gee, thanks. Take care. Thank you. There you go. Thank you for doing this, sir. Very much appreciate it. All right, Jeffrey, 47-42, UBC in front. Take it away. We'll be back here for the second half, Jeff, in about four minutes' time. Listen to 101.9 FM, UBC men's basketball from Halifax, Nova Scotia. All right. Thanks very much, Daryl. And, yes, UBC with a slim five-point lead at the half, much closer than anyone would have thought, and this the 1-8 matchup here, the first game of the CIS Championships, gearing up to be a good second half. UBC leading 47-42, quick break here, and uh, second half action coming up very shortly. This is CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. CITR is bringing one of Vancouver's longest-running and consistently enjoyed parties back to UBC once again. Last year's ice cream social was super successful and a great time, so expect nothing less this year. On March 15th at UBC's Pit Pub, Vancouver's finest, DJs Tyler Fedchuk and Cam Dales are going to play the choice cuts from the 50s and 60s for a genuinely soulful rock and roll dance experience. Be sure to get tickets for only $5 in advance from CITR or The Outpost because they jump up to $8 at the door. All proceeds go to your favorite radio station, CITR 11.9 FM. We want to be free to ride our machines without being hassled by the man. And we want to get loaded. On Fridays from 1 till 2 p.m., prepare to get your jeans dirty. Join me, Bobby the Badger Ferris, for the greasier side of rock and roll, rhythm and blues, and country.
From Hank to the helicopters, from Otis to the Oblivions, it's the perfect way to slither into your weekend. We won't talk about the habits, just the music and the man. That's the Barn Burner every Friday from 1 till 2 p.m. only on CITR 101.9. Are you looking for career information relevant to your arts degree? Come check out Work Your BA, a career workshop series specifically designed for arts students. Find out what you can do with your major, learn how to improve your resume, discover the secrets to networking and much, much more. For more information visit www.arts.ubc.ca forward slash students forward slash work your BA. All right, Jeff Sargent, back with you here live, CITR Studio One, UBC leading 47-42 over Acadia, only a five-point lead for the number one seeded UBC Thunderbirds, definitely a surprise so far, should be a great second half. Just quickly, we're just about to go back over to uh, the Halifax Metro Centre with uh, Daryl Weiner and Kyle Watson, but a quick update for you on uh, what else we've got for you this weekend. We will be following the UBC Thunderbirds as far as they go in this tournament if they hold on and win in this game here this morning, this afternoon, of course, in Atlantic time. We will have tomorrow's semi-final and it depends what time it is, but we will have the game for you tomorrow and then if UBC advances all the way to the final we'll have it for you as well the final game of the CIS championship going at uh, 1 p.m. on Sunday so a bit of a strange weekend for us here at CITR Sports but we will have all of UBC's games for you as they progress through the tournament all right uh, we are set now to go back over to the Halifax Metro Center UBC leading Acadia 47 42 should be a great second half with the call once again Daryl Weiner and Kyle Watson guys Welcome everybody back to Halifax, Nova Scotia. UBC leading in the game 47-42. Kyle Watson with me here at courtside. Uh, Kyle, very close first half there. Closer than I think most people anticipated. I know. I was just talking to um, Ben here. And uh, he was saying, you know, it's odd when UBC shoots 61% and they're only <laughs> one by, by five. Ben Shack, the sports information director at UBC. Very lucky to have him. He has a computer. He gives us some updated stats. Alex McLaughlin drives left side, pulls up with a long jumper for Acadia. It is good. 47-44. UBC leads three as we start the second half. Outside right, Joshua White with it for the T-Birds. After a slow start, had nine points in the first half. Josh drives. Left-hand layup is good. Give him now a team-high 11 points. Thunderbirds lead 49-44, 9.15 to go in the third quarter. That's what they need the birds from the birds is uh, Josh White penetrating to the hoop and getting easy layups like that. Left point, Colossus, Brett Malish all over him there for UBC. Kicks it right corner. McLaughlin, three ball. He's got five points to start the second half. Alexander McLaughlin, UBC lead cut to two, 49-47. Josh White the other way. He's fouled. He'll go to the line on the missed lay-in. Josh White back to the free throw line for UBC. McLaughlin off to Red Heart. You were just shaking your head there, Kyle. Well, he's been hot all day. Uh, I don't know if he's if he's missed a shot. <laughs> I'm sure he has, but uh, yeah, McLaughlin really coming up big here. I think they actually might have called this 
before the not shot. Sh- yeah, not before. Yeah, not the, before. on the right side of the court here, we can't see quite everything. Left side, we're right there. So, well, that's it. <laughs> Outside left. Alex Ruby tied up for a jump ball. It is a jump. We don't have in front of us who has the possession arrow, so we'll just have to wait and see. UBC ball. UBC basketball, 16 on the shot clock. 8.53 to go, third quarter, 49-47. Thunderbirds up by two. Alex Murphy with it for the T-Birds. Foul for Acadia was on Owen Clawson, his second personal. That's one to watch. Doug Plum going to drive right corner. Josh White thought about the three. Has only five on the shot clock. Doug, Josh into traffic. Layup good. Josh White now with 13 points in the ball game. UBC in front, 51-47. Josh White getting into the lane and turning the corner every single time and getting to the hoop. Keep going to it. Thomas Filgiano with it. Top of the circle now. Lachlan Gale driving left side as Anthony Sears. Into traffic. Blocked by Brent Malish. Ball sitting on the floor. Picked up by Alex Murphy. Good defense by uh, Brent Malish right there. Murphy with it for the T-Birds. Here's Brent. Three. Oh, thought about the three. Now he's going to drive. Has some room. Over Clawson and the foul. Was that over on Clawson? If it is, that's his third personal. Nonetheless, Brent Malish will go to line to complete the three-point play. What I say about the best shot fake in the league. Uh, got the got his defender out on his feet, and uh, great finish. And uh, the Mal excitement face comes out. <laughs> <laughs> the big scream. Foul is actually on Anthony Sears. He's their other leading scorer, his third personal. So Clawson with two, Sears with three. Malish missed the free throw, but Josh White got the rebound. UBC resets. Into Malish in the paint, layup good. That's a four-point possession for Brent Malish. UBC, their biggest lead of the game, 55-47. We're just starting the second half. Great no-look pass from Kamar Burke to feed uh, Malish for the two. Top of the circle, Anthony Sears for Acadia. UBC seemingly getting on track now. Let's see what happens. Left corner, Phil Giano with it. Left corner, Clawson into traffic. Kicks it right corner, McLaughlin feeling it. Three right side is good. Alexander McLaughlin with eight points here in the first 2.30 of the second half. UBC the other way. Doug Plum reverse layup good. 57-50 Thunderbirds, 7.22 to go in the third quarter. McLaughlin in the corner spotting up. No deflection. Chipped out of bounds. Uh, UBC, or Acadia ball, but got to find McLaughlin in the corner there for the threes. He's feeling it. Alexander McLaughlin now 13 points in the ball game, averaging nine on the season. So he's having a big game. Acadia has it, down 57-50, 7.14 to go, third quarter. Here's Tyler Lutton into traffic. Bank left-hand layup off the mark. Brett Malish, who's having a solid start here in the second half with a rebound for UBC. Kamar Burke with it now. Brent Malish thought about the three. Driving into traffic. Right side, Joshua White with it. Top of the circle. Here's Alex Murphy. Right side, Josh for three. Strong rebound up, and it's picked up by by Lutton, who threw it ahead. He got knocked down as he passed that one off. Goes out of bounds. It's going to actually be a Cadia ball. How is uh, Tyler Lutton not fouled there? He seems knocked down. <laughs> he was just on the floor a couple times. <laughs> I gotta say, the, that, was, that one could have been called on UBC. Lutton with it, outside left. Clawson for three. That's short. <coughs> good challenge by Brent Malish on that shot. Not a very good shot selection. Plum with the rebound. Here's Josh the other way. Short jumper, no good. McLaughlin, he's doing it all for Acadia with the rebound. Lutton's gonna slow it down. Josh White knocks it away out of bounds. Will be Acadia basketball, 18 on the shot clock. 
57-50, UBC in front of the ball game, 6.26 to go here in the third quarter. McLaughlin going to inbound it for the Axemen. Outside left, McLaughlin. UBC double teaming that Josh White rips it away from him. A jump ball is called. I believe that'll be possession arrow Acadia. Good read by Brent Mausch to, uh, to leave Owen as uh, McLaughlin has hit a couple of threes in a row here. So good defense by Mal. Yeah, I good assume, read. I assume they're not going to let him get too many open looks in that left or right corner anymore. No. Top of the circle, Phil Giano with it. Six on the shot clock for the Axeman. Going to drive right side. Kicks it out. Clawson for three. That's good. Owen Clawson cuts the UBC lead to four, 57-53. Approaching six minutes to go in the third quarter. Here's Douglas Plum for the Thunderbirds. Outside left, Alex Murphy. 12 on the shot clock. Right side is Plum. Malish at the free throw line. Into traffic. Lost the handle. Ball sitting on the floor. We have a... What's the call there? Green yeah. the key. Brent Malish dropped the ball and uh, couldn't pick it up before three seconds. Turnover on the Thunderbird. So, Kyle, you got to give Acadia credit. UBC keeps... They, several times they've got to seven or eight point lead and it looks like maybe UBC's going to go on the run and put this thing away, but Acadia fights back. Yeah, I give credit to uh, McLaughlin there, keeping the momentum going uh, after a couple scores by UBC. He kept it going. So. Lutton top of the circle. Here's Boudelier for the Axemen. Into traffic is Clawson. He's fouled going up for the shot. Brent Malice doesn't like the call. It doesn't matter. Owen Clawson to the free throw line for the Axemen. We've got a great seat when it's on the left side of the court here. We do. Brent Mouse, what's he saying? My jersey was tucked. My jersey was tucked. He'll check out of the ball game with three personal fouls. Tough call, but he has to, he has to have a little bit better positioning, deny the ball uh, so that Owen can't get it down that low. Down that low is going to be trouble for UBC um, with Owen down there. He's a very versatile player. It was not a shooting foul. It's the first team foul on UBC here in the third quarter. Acadia has committed two. So a less foul-filled third quarter, especially for UBC. Outside left, Owen Clawson, top of the circle, is Justin Boudelier. Graham Bath run, run over the screen, ran over the screen. Outside right, jumper for Clawson. He was open, missed it. Joshua White, easy rebound for UBC. They're going to push it. Here's Douglas Plum into traffic. Bank layup is good. Doug Plum having a real tall ball game today, 59-53, six-point Thunderbird advantage. Nice hang time to avoid the contact and avoid the block. Lutton has it. Josh White all over him there for UBC. He has it top of the circle as Lutton. Boudelier now has it well outside the three-point line at the top of the middle. Turns around in the traffic, underhand layup, gets the roll, Justin Boudelier. Top play, UBC lead again for 59-55. 4.45 to go, third quarter. Outside right, Doug Plum for UBC. Top of the circle, Murphy into traffic. Grand Bass kicked it out to Josh White. Another turnover after a bad pass for the Thunderbirds. Timeout on the floor. 4.35 to go, third quarter. Acadia still hanging around. UBC leading in the ball game, 59-55. Well, once again, this is our first game 
here at Nationals. This is the first game anywhere in the National Championship Tournament this year. First of four games today. UBC, of course, playing Acadia. 59-55 they lead. The second game today is um, Trinity Western only playing Lakehead. Then you're going to have Carlton playing Dalhousie and Saskatchewan playing... So Carlton playing Concordia, and then Saskatchewan playing Dalhousie. I should have written this out. Uh, leading scores for the respective teams. The big men have shown up today for Acadia. Alexander McLaughlin, he's the breakout one, only averaging nine points per game on the year. He's got 13 in the ballgame. Owen Clawson doing his thing, averaging 18. He's got 15. Anthony Sears averaging 18 per game. He's got 12. Boudelier has also chipped in with six. For UBC, it's been Doug Slump with a real big ball game. Ten points and five rebounds up to this point. Joshua White after the slow start. Give him now 13 with six rebounds. And Brett Mouch with a real solid game, leading all UBC players with four points and five rebounds. Brett five for seven shooting from the field, but he is the first player, he's the first UBC player with three team fouls, three personal fouls, so he's currently on the bench. It'll be Acadia basketball coming out of the timeout. 4.35 to go. Third quarter. They are right there. Against UBC, Boudelier's get inbound in his own court. Lutton, Nate U on him in his own end for UBC. Now Nate's going to back off, and Lutton brings up the floor. Lutton has it just over half court. Takes the top of the middle now. Quick underneath pass to Sears. Reverse layup, good. Nice play for Acadia out of the timeout. They've trailed the ball game by two, 59-57. Outside right, Nate U for UBC. Nate drives, underhand layup, gets the roll. Nathan U with five points in the game. Thunderbirds in front again by four, 61-57. Four minutes to go, third quarter. Here's Boudelier, pulls up short jumper right side, tipped by Clausen, no good. Ball sitting on the floor, Nate U tips it for UBC, out of bounds. They are going to say UBC basketball. So Thunderbirds will have it, 3.53 to go, third quarter, up by only four, 61-57. Nathan U brings it, it's going to be Alex Murphy for the Birds. Outside right, Doug Plump, top of the circle, Murphy, driving left side. They're going to call a blocking foul on Acadia. Won't be a shooting foul for Alex Murphy. We'll see who it's on. That's going to be on Tyler Lutton, his second. Acadia now with one foul to give here in the third quarter. UBC still has three fouls to give. Doug Plump, top of the circle for UBC, off of the inbound. Misses outside left. Graham Bath with a tip. No good. Ball tipped again. And we've got a foul again on Acadia. Wait and see if we have a shooting foul for Graham Bath. And we do. It was Boulier picking up the foul. His first for Acadia. And Graham Bath is at a very solid ball game for the Thunderbirds. To the free throw line. Had four points in the first half. Looking for his fifth on this one. Does get the roll. Graham Bath on the season, averaging six points, can match that number with his free throw. Can also give UBC that six-point lead back. Graham sets. Shots in the air. Toilet bowls around a couple times, goes through. 63-57, six-point UBC lead. 3.31 to go third quarter. Here's Acadia with the basketball. Lutton with it. Top of the circle. 
Nate you all over McLaughlin. He hasn't had a look in a while. Here's Sears, and they're going to have a reach-in foul on Doug Plum. Doug just sort of got caught out of position there. Second team foul on UBC, so they still had three to give. And for Doug, that's only a second, so not a bad foul for UBC. 3.21 to go third quarter. 63-57. Thunderbirds looking for this first-round win there in front by six. Inbound to Clawson, left side into traffic. And they're going to call an offensive foul on Owen Clawson. Doug Plum took it for UBC. I think we had a little... Do we have pushing and shoving under the basket? I'm not sure. <laughs> Acadia not liking this <laughs> this call at all. Sounds like a pro Acadia crowd around here. Well, they are the underdog, and they are real close. Steve Bauer, the head coach, not liking that call at all. Foul on Clawson. Here's Nathan Yu, top of the circle for UBC. Outside right, Kamar Burke looking to drive. Left court, and they're going to call an offensive foul on Kamar Burke. Had to figure UBC was going to get a foul called on them awfully quickly there, and it happened. McLaughlin was on the left side of Kamar Burke and just bounced off him. Uh, interesting call. For Kamar, his third personal. Three minutes to go in the third quarter. Acadia has it, trailing UBC 63-57. Emotion starting to run high in this one. Right side, three ball, strong, that was Lutton. Ball sitting on the floor, it's picked up by Kamar Burke. He's going to bring it up. Top of the circle, Murphy, right corner, Doug Plum. Kicks, oh, bad kick out, but he got it back. It kind of went off of Kamar, went right back to him. Has it knocked away, Alex Murphy has it. It was over the half-court line, but it was tipped by Acadia. Here's Murphy, six on the shot clock. Went off his head there. Uh, that looks like a foul to me. Lawson picks it up for the Axman. He throws it widely up the floor. Boudelier bobbles it. Now Katie able to get it over the line. Boudelier looking to drive McLaughlin. Three right corner. Strong, easy rebound for Murphy. Here's UBC the other way. Things getting pretty uh, hectic out there. A little back and forth action. A little bit of sloppy play, but yeah. it adds for a little bit more excitement. Into the left paint. Kamar, turn around. Good. Timeout, Acadia. Minute 55 to go, third quarter. UBC has just matched their biggest lead of the ball game. They lead by 8, 65-57. Acadia doing a really good job of packing the zone, uh, making UBC hit some shots. Uh, they're playing the zone, and they're actually rotating really quickly. So in the corners, is really packed. So that UBC has to work on rotating the ball quickly, getting some, uh, some skip passes, and uh, taking it to the hoop right away. Getting into the key for this game is uh, going to be very important for UBC to continue this. Um, but also getting some stops. Uh, Tyler Lennon's a great player. He's, he's done really well uh, offensively uh, controlling the game, but uh, getting him to shoot a three uh, on the last possession is good because that's not necessarily his shot. So getting guys to shoot shots that are out of their role is definitely a good thing. Uh, one thing UBC has always been great at, but especially this team, Kyle, is uh, bringing it up the floor. So many Thunderbirds can so do that. You would say that. Normally, uh, everybody can bring it up the floor, but right now UBC does have 13 turnovers as opposed to Acadia's five. So Acadia doing a phenomenal job of taking care of the ball, especially with you know the pressure that UBC wants to put on defense. Um, is that really the stat that's keeping Acadia in the ballgame right now? That is the stat, yeah. yeah. Definitely, uh, if UBC has eight more possessions, you know, if they score in half of those, it's another 10 points, so they're up 
you know, 12 points or so, yeah. or 18 points. So uh, it's definitely keeping them in the game. But uh, you got to give credit to Acadia for keeping the ball in uh, Lutton 10, and Lutton's doing a very good job of uh, not turning it over. Almost as bad, Acadia had to win. Yeah, and they've well, done it. You they, know? they had to put pressure, full court pressure on, and uh, play zone to match UBC's strength. Well, minute 45 to go, third quarter, out of the timeout, it's Acadia's basketball. Here's Anthony Sears with it. Left side, looking to drive, kicks it out, Quasson, three ball. Can't oh. leave him open. Oh, and Quasson knocks down the three-point shot. 65-60, UBC lead down to five. It's a big shot for Acadia. Uh, just after a score from Kamar Burke, that's a big shot, and uh, he was wide open. That can't happen, especially with their best player. Outside right, top of the circle now. Doug Plum driving, looking to go all the way. Layup is good. Doug Plum pretty much did that one all by himself. UBC in front, 67-60. Strong move by Doug Plum right there. Uh, going left, continue going left, and took it all the way. Lutton looking to answer, draws the foul, and he'll go to the line to complete the three-point play. Big play there for Tyler Lutton of Acadia. These guys are relaxed. Acadia's having fun. Uh, just out of halftime, Tyler Lydon came up to me and just had a conversation regarding home back in uh, Vancouver. So he's, <laughs> What did he's, he say? What did he, he, he say? He was talking about uh, a couple friends that we have mutual friends. friends this is in uh, the middle of the halftime. This halftime. Came yeah. up to me and just started talking. And uh, nothing to do with basketball. So uh, they're having fun with this. And he, he was smiling and he was telling jokes. So, uh... Ooh, I mean, really, having, eh? How long was this conversation like? Well, I, I, gave, I ignored him at first just because I thought he wanted to be, you know, in the moment. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was about a two-minute conversation, and the team was just kind of listening and laughing about it. Just asking, what's go, talking, what's going on back home? And, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, you know this girl. And I'm like, Doug Plum driving left awesome. side, shot no good. Got his own rebound, puts that to go. Ludden missed the free throw. At the other end, Doug Plum hits that layup for UBC. What a ball game he's had, Doug Plum. 69-62, UBC in front, under a minute to go now in the third quarter. Did we not, did we not talk about this last night, that we thought Doug Plum was going to put it together because he wanted to be here so bad? Yeah, give Doug Plum now a tied for game high for UBC, 14 points in this ball game. Well, what I like about it is he's being aggressive. He's taking it to the hoop, and uh, he's not settling. Driving is his big block by Bull Rashbane. Here's Plum the other way, looking to go all the way. Layup no good, but he's fouled. And it'll be Douglas Plum back to the free throw line for UBC. The second big play of the game for Ball Rashbane. Yep, definitely big play. You know, he alters a lot of shots and he blocks a lot of shots. And that, and that led to a one on three. But uh, no regard, being aggressive, taking it at the three Acadia guys, getting back on defense. Doug gets fouled. Doug Plum back to the line for the Thunderbirds. Misses that first free throw. Doug, another man who's having a real solid playoff. 11 points per game on the year. 14 points per game in the postseason. And he's already matched that total here late in the third quarter. Looking for his 15th point of the ballgame right now. Misses both free throws. Ball sitting on the floor for the rebound. Everybody goes down. Little pushing and shoving going on after that one. We'll see who has the jump ball. Is it UBC's ball, I think. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, Balraj Bain. Credit that one to Balraj Bain. Getting a tip on it. Creating that uh, the loose ball and Melvin Mayotte jumping on it. Uh, those are the intangibles that, that uh, Balraj does, and it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But uh, coming up big right now, you know. He's in his fifth year for UBC. First year as a redshirt. But uh, he's in his fourth year of eligibility, and uh, he's shown some experience. Right corner, Doug Plum off of the inbound. He's being trapped. Has it knocked out of bounds? Will be off of Acadia. UBC will have it. 20 on the shot clock, 32 on the game clock. 
leading 69-62. We're late in the third quarter. This is the quarterfinal game at Nationals. The winner will be playing the winner of Trinity Western Lakehead tomorrow early afternoon in Vancouver. One o'clock, I think. Josh White drives, pulls up long jumper off the mark. Faraj didn't get the rebound, but he tied up the Acadia player, Clawson, went out of bounds, UBC basketball. Faraj tipping it off uh, Acadia's uh, knee, it looked like, uh, creating the last possession for, uh, for the UBC in the third quarter. Big possession right here. Thunderbirds can hold for the last shot. Let's hope they don't make the mistake Acadia did late in the second. Well, they took it a little too early, and then UBC got the two points late from Josh White at the buzzer. Ten on the shot clock. Josh going to drive down the middle. There's the early bank shot. No good. Ball tip. Here's Acadia the other way. Five seconds left. It's Sears driving. Spin move. Layup no good. Graham Bass with the rebound for UBC. And after three quarters of play, Acadia has played a real tough ball game tonight. Today, this morning, I have to say, actually. What time zone are we I don't even know. 69-62. New UBC leading the ballgame. Sorry, Kyle. Thunderbirds came into the score down by five. They come out of it, out of it down seven. Up seven. Up seven. Yeah, uh, even if that shot, again, with Balraj there, if that shot was anywhere near going in, he was going to block it. So, uh, again, some great possessions, some good time. A couple minutes there for Balraj Bank. It's always fun in nationals and playoff games, hey, more than really any other where you see guys step up and do more than they normally do. Like, definitely, definitely. What, what are some of the memories you have? You got any ones with guys who pulled that off for your UBC team? Um, well, you would always expect Chris Dick to do it. And yeah. I know he's listening now because uh, <laughs> he fired me off a text message, so I'm giving him a shout-out. <laughs> um, but you always would expect, you know, Chris to do something like that. Um, it's just, it's kind of the things that you wouldn't think would happen. The guys who would get the tip, the, the rebound. And right now, I, I mean, Doug's had a great season at all, but that's Doug right now. And Doug and Balraj. Um, and, then, and then you have guys like G-Bath right now who, uh, you know, in the, uh, just before the quarter ended, he knocked a guy on his butt. <laughs> and, and you know what? It's just those things set the tone. And, uh, and guys follow that, and the guys respect that on the team. So, Guys, it was two years ago in the Carlton final where you guys really got beat back all year that year. That was coming back to you. You remember getting beat on the offensive boards. Is this a tougher UBC team than a couple years ago? We've learned. Uh, yeah. We've learned from our, you know, our failures, our, our uh, weaknesses that we had when we came over here. And uh, I think it is a tougher team. Um, I would say, you know, a couple years ago when we had Chris and Bryson and Matt and stuff, physically, we were tough. Um, but putting that toughness onto the court, it's just something that each year we've learned more and more yeah. and more how to do it. I wouldn't say the guys are necessarily bigger or stronger. Yeah. Um, just learning. And these guys have been here for the whole time, especially Murph and, and, Mur, uh, Murph and Mal and, uh, and G-Bath and Nate. As you look at the rebounding battle in this ball game right now, uh, UBC leading on the glass 38-20. to 20. <laughs> Normally, if UBC wins the, the rebounding battle, they win the game. And uh, with such an outstanding number of 18, the differential. Yeah. Uh, you would think this would be a little bit more of a... Turnovers have made up for it, maybe, eh? Turnovers definitely have. Still 13 to 5. 16, 9, 62. UBC in front. Fourth quarter underway. Clawson has it left paint for the Axman. Top of the circle. Driving his tears. Nice defensive play by Graham Bath to knock it away. Kind of got a, got a block shot. It'll be Acadia ball at about 10 on the shot clock. 
You give him a block for that, or? I'll give it to him. It's more of a tip, though. <laughs> It'll be the Axman inbound. Phil Giano, top of the circle. Boudelier, six on the shot clock. Left side, Clawson. Going to drive, has it knocked away by Doug Plum. Doug tips it again, and he gets it. Here's UBC the other way. Doug, looking to go all the way. Wild lap, no good, but he's fouled. And it's Doug Plum's morning. We're going to say morning for the people in Vancouver here. He's back to the line for UBC. Again, I like it. You know, it wasn't much of an advantage um, offensively, but he's taken it to the hole. And, uh, you know, there's one way to stop the turnovers, and that's to keep it yourself. So, uh, good move by Doug. Doug Plum at the line gets the first to go. 70-62, UBC in front now by eight points, 9.32 to go in the fourth quarter. Doug goes two for two at the line. The lead is now a game-high nine for the Thunderbirds, 71-62. Top of the circle, Phil Giano has it for the Axman. Here's McLaughlin, big third quarter he had. Left side, Boudelier, right corner, Sears, eight on the shot clock. Sears throws a wild one up, a blocking foul is called. Back into the game is Brent Malish. That'll be his fourth personal foul. Brent's had a big game scoring, but the foul trouble has really kept him from getting those big numbers up. Yeah, it definitely has. A great challenge by, uh, a great closeout by Grant Bath, uh, but Malish called for a, a block that didn't necessarily seem like it was a block. It will be Acadia ball out of bounds. Leading scores for UBC, Doug Plum with 16, Brett Malice with the 14. For Acadia, it is Owen Clausen with 18, Sears with 14. Boudelier, top of the circle, Doug Plum steals it, but he, oh, oh, he just lost it. Into the paint, McLaughlin tries to hit Clausen as the shot clock was running down, but Josh White picked that one up for UBC. Melvin Mayer and Josh White, good defense. Josh looking to give UBC a double-digit lead for the first time today. Here's Doug Plum. Josh White going to drive, finds some room. Lefty layup is good. They're getting going now. Birds by 11, 73-62. Quick first step by Josh just to blow right past the screen. Floss at top of the circle for Acadia. Three ball. That's an NBA three, I believe, Kyle, right in front of us. That goes. Right in the face of Graham Bass. Uh, tough shot. Josh White looking to penetrate. Bird lead is eight. Kamar Burke for three. He answers. Kamar Burke, I think he's two for two on the night. Has it doesn't normally shoot too many shots in the regular season, but pure. Timeout on the floor, 8.22 to go in the contest. Thunderbirds in front, 76-65. Yeah, that was a big shot by Kamar answering back the uh, the three that could have tilted things uh, in favor of Acadia momentum-wise. So, good shot. Um, Kyle, is there something UBC's done? Obviously, we've talked about the turnovers, but, you know, we hope this is going to be a long run. What else have they done today, though, that they're not going to be able to do if they can win this going ahead in this tournament? Turnovers. They, they yeah. can't have the amount of turnovers that they have right now. I think it's 13 or 14. And, uh, um, yeah, so they can't have the turnovers. It's something when you get to nationals, um, those are something you have to eliminate. And, and uh, previous years, we averaged about 15, 16, 17 turnovers during the regular season. But the moment we got to Nationals, it was something that we had to focus on. And uh, we had nights where we had five, six, seven, eight, nine turnovers, uh, which is good for a UBC team in the, in the aspect that we push the ball. We take chances and uh, we run. Um, hitting the glass and everything. Turnovers are going to happen, but uh, 
you got to eliminate the sloppy ones and the, the voidable ones where uh, they're not necessary. So uh, Acadia still only seven turnovers in the game, still with eight minutes to go. Uh, but they've taken the ball, taken care of the ball pretty well, uh, even considering some of the lobs that they're passing into Owen uh, down low. This where you're happy to see UBC. Like if it's the start of the game, 11-point bird lead. You'd have to be happy with this, 822 to go. I don't think they're happy with it. <laughs> uh, but it's a better feeling than being up uh, single digits for sure. So uh, these are usually the points where UBC points to the game where UBC does take over. And uh, just from my experience. Um, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Acadia's not going away. They're not backing down. So uh, we'll see what happens. 8.20 to go in the ball game. Here's Tyler Lutton. <laughs> Poor Acadia. I like him. I like that conversation you told me about. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah. I like that. Tyler Zergel is Boudelier for the Axeman. He dribbles it. Outside right is McLaughlin. Doug Plum all over him there. They do not want to give that guy a look. Four on the shot clock. Left side. Lutton lost the handle, but he's fouled. And it's going to be Acadia ball out of bounds. That's going to be the second team foul on UBC. That was picked up by Melvin May on his first. I wasn't sure if I liked the call, but uh, no argument by Melvin. Uh, must have grabbed his hand. I was a little blinded. Under eight minutes to go in the ballgame. Katie has it down 11. Left side, Sears into traffic. Got the room, bank layup, good. Great crossover, amazing. Amazing move. He split the defense of uh, Graham and Josh right there. We have a whistle on the floor. Not sure why. Uh, someone from the Katie crowd tossed a drumstick onto the court. There was actually a UBC Manitoba game last weekend where an official, it was almost the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, gave UBC, he almost gave UBC a technical foul because a fan was throwing, doing one of those blue towels and it fell on the court. Uh, I think it was my favorite referee, too. <laughs> Actually, you can say what you want now. <laughs> Pull-up jumper, Doug Plum at the free throw line. Give him a game-high 18 points. UBC leads in the contest, 78-67. Doug what? Plum getting into the key right there. <laughs> Lutton's shot is no good. Here's Kamar Burke. UBC looking for their biggest lead. Doug Plum right side into traffic. Bank is good. He's got 20 points on the morning. A lead for UBC. It's the most they've had. 13, 80 to 67, 7-12 to go in the ball game. It's exactly what UBC needs. They need the layup. They need the, the high percentage shots, and uh, Doug Plum is getting them right now. Uh, great feed from Kamar. They're playing unselfish basketball, and, and feed the fire, baby. <laughs> Doug Plum's hot, so keep getting him the ball. Whistle underneath. Foul on UBC, picking it up for Thunderbirds was Graham Bath, his third. UBC now has one foul to give. Acadia with three fouls to give. 7.07 to go in the ball game. UBC in front, 80 to 67. Doug, yep. Typically, when uh, I watch UBC basketball games, I spend about two, three minutes just watching Graham Bath because. Uh, huh. He's a fun guy to watch. Kamar Burke blocks Boudelier in the paint. Graham Bath with the rebound, but they're going to call an offensive foul as I think he elbowed Lutton on the rebound. He, uh, he turned around after the board, chinned it, and uh, knocked Lutton right over. But that's why it's fun to watch him play. That's what he does. <laughs> he knocks guys down. <laughs> the tank. Balrash Baines checking back into the game for UBC. He's had a real nice contest. Outside left. Look at Balrash playing aggressive defense on Clawson. And it's knocked away by UBC. Josh White picks it up. 
Balrash Bates having a fantastic game today for the Thunderbirds. Another deflection to him. This is a tough matchup for him, but uh, good defense on Owen, who's driving to the hole. Alex Murphy looking to drive. They're going to say he traveled. And Alex Murphy might be having, to be honest, his worst game of 2011 right now. Yeah, well, when other guys pick up the slack and everything, yeah, there's not much pressure for him to do uh, a lot. And, and that's fine. It's good to get it away on the first one. So no worries there for Alex. He's a steady player. Too harsh of a comment by me, then? <laughs> You're Looking just out for my boy. There you go. Outside left, Sears driving, bank lamp is good, Anthony Sears. It's another tough lay-in for Acadia, who won't go away. The UBC lead is 11, or just, yes, 80 to 69, 6.27 to go. As Sears to the line to complete the three-point play, Balrash Baines has just picked up his fourth personal. So Graham Bath, Balrash Baines, and Brent Malish all playing with four personal fouls right now for UBC. Definitely, and... Uh... I mean, it's not that big of a worry as UBC can play small ball against uh, Acadia, but, Acadia, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're being aggressive. Acadia's being aggressive. That was their goal, game plan coming does, in and following it. Does Balrash Baines back off a bit, or does he just play no. hard, and if he fouls out, he fouls out? Yeah, he'll do whatever he needs. He'll, he'll keep playing the same basketball, because that's what he does. Doug Plum, top of the circle. Nice up pass to Kamar Burke. He's blocked. He went up for a jam. Good defensive play by Clawson. He was fouled, Kamar was. He'll go to the line. Kamara was about to go up for a double. It looked like Clawson got in his way. So Kamara had to adjust his shot, and then he was fouled. But I don't think Kamara was going for a, no, a, a normal that? dunk. I think Kamara <laughs> went for a, a reverse jab. He could have dunked that easily, but he, uh, he decided to go reverse or 360. I don't know what he was trying to do. Kamara at the line misses the first free throw. <laughs> I'm just not used to Alex Murphy turning it over this much. Yeah, well, neither is UBC. <laughs> But it has been more than usual. Today. It has been more than usual. He, uh, he definitely brings it on the defensive end, which uh, I think is an underrated part of uh, his game. Alex uh, Camargo's one for two at the line, 11-point Thunderbird lead. Six minutes to go in the ballgame. They lead 81-70. Here's Tyler Lutton. Here's oh. Sears. Alex Murphy just got nailed right in front of us. Sears for three, missed it. Josh Reed White with the rebound. Alex Murphy picked hard. But here he is the other way. Dumps it to Josh White. Layup no good. Tip by Balrash Baines. What a game he's had today. Awesome, Tim. Great follow. Josh doesn't miss too many of those, but Balrash Baines coming in, crashing the board. Uh, not taking anything for granted. Not. Sears called for the offensive foul. Kamar Burke took it for UBC. Kamar Burke, two offensive, uh, two charges taken. And for Acadia, they've now got Clawson playing with the four fouls and Sears. So they're two best players in real deep foul trouble with under five and a half minutes to go in the ballgame. UBC has it. They're starting to look real good right now. They lead 83-70. Little spurt by the Thunderbirds. That could be it today. Birds looking to bleed the clock. You just kind of... Slow it down, get a nice methodical possession here. Ball rise, base, right pace, kick out to Alex Murphy, left side, into traffic, long two-pointer is good! UBC's opened up a 15-point lead, timeout on the floor, Katie, Alex Murphy is pumped after hitting that jumper, it's looking real good right now, 5.13 to go, UBC looking awfully nice to go to the semifinal game tomorrow early evening versus the winner of Trinity Lakehead. 
shades of high school Alex Murphy at St. George's Saints right there. <laughs> Alex Murphy in high school, his go-to move, the pump fake onto his toes. One-step dribble, nail it, bucket. So uh, a little pump of the fist and a little flex of the muscle by Alex Murphy right there. Uh, Doug Plum still leading the way in the scores. Uh, he has 20 points and seven rebounds. Uh, great game for him, one of his best, I'd say, throughout the season, uh, coming up big. Kamar Burke has 13 points and six rebounds as well. And Josh White with 15 points and seven rebounds. Uh, leading the way on Acadia is Anthony Sears with 19 points. Um, coming up big, uh, a lot of drives and a lot of, a lot of tough shots that he's made. Owen Clausen, uh, of course, with 21 points and four rebounds. Um, Tyler Lutton having a typical game of six points and three assists, but uh, definitely leading the way with his leadership on that end of the court. But they're, the Acadia fans are standing up, and uh, or they were standing up. <laughs> uh, you know, they're still into the game, and they're still bringing the energy and noise and stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, they just got to keep them away from the three-point line and slow it down and have some good shots. Acadia out of timeout left in this game. How does that play in? Well, I mean, they gotta they got to stop the run of UBC, and they need to take some timeouts uh, and use them wisely. I think now it's just going to come down to them uh, going on a run by themselves. So not too big of a disadvantage having the no timeouts? I wouldn't say so. Here's Lutton. Outside right is Clawson. Six on the shot clock for Acadia. Three. Clawson, tough jumper over the ball. Rash Baines, no good. Kamar Burke with the rebound for UBC. So under five minutes to go in the national championship quarterfinal, Balrash Baines getting the big minutes for the Thunderbirds and playing well. Great to see. Balrash put a lot of time in, uh, in practice and everything, and finally getting some really good minutes here and, and confidence from Kevin Hansen. Outside left, Alex Murphy, five on the shot clock for UBC. He scored from here last time. Nice push off for Alex. Three ball is good, but they're going to call it offense. He just kind of pushed his mat off. I think Tyler Lutton has three or four offensive charges called. If uh, ex-coach Les, Les Brown was uh, coaching uh, Acadia, he'd have four beer shirts by now. How does that work? Uh, you get a beer shirt every time uh, you take a charge. But, uh, <laughs> shout out to Les Brown. 85-70. Oh, Balrash Baines almost with a steal at half court for UBC. 10 on the shot clock. Driving, Lutton, lefty lamp, no good. Sears of the room, he's blocked from behind by Alex Murphy. He's going to push it up the floor. Here's Josh, lefty layup is good, and that might be it today, folks. 87-70, UBC leading. There is still time for Acadia, but it's going to be awfully tough under four minutes to go in the ballgame. UBC on a run right now. Boudelier drives, his dunk is short, and it's actually going to be a foul on, I think, Ball Rash Bates, who's going to foul out of the ballgame. Ball Rash Baines, who has definitely just had his best career game at Nationals. I think Boudier was lucky that Ball Rash fouled him because he went up for a dunk and he was about a foot short. <laughs> he would have luckily maybe hit the bottom of the rim. So definitely looking for the foul call, which he got. Good game for Ball Rash Baines. Kevin Hansen giving him a nice little fist bump. The bench giving him a hand. Uh, guys like to see that. Ball Rush, people person, loved in the team room. Puts in his time, never complains. About the minutes. About anything. <laughs> Boudelier at the free throw line, strong with the first one for Acadia. To even have a shot, they got to hit every free throw the rest of the way. That's it, every shot the rest of the way. It's going to be a tough one. Boudelier, 0 for 2 at the line. Brent Malice with the four fouls back into the game for the Thunderbirds with the rebound. 
Thunderbirds in front by 17, 87-70 with the ball, 340 to go. Here's Doug Plump. Been the best player for UBC. Alex Murphy looking to drive. Underhand top way up in traffic is good. Good take by Alex Murphy. I got to take back what I said about him earlier, hey? He heard you. <laughs> I, I looked at him and gave him the wake that Wiener was uh, talking bad about him. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> no. A missed attempt for Acadia. Here's UBC the other way. Outside left, Joshua White. Long jumper. They're going to call points. it. It's good. A three. UBC has opened up a 22-point lead. They're on a big run right now. They lead 92-70. 3-10 to go in the ball game. Thunderbird fans start getting ready. It's 5 o'clock here, 1 o'clock home tomorrow. Looks like they are. I think we can call it. They're going to be playing the winner of Lakehead, Trinity Western, yep. tomorrow. Early evening here, early afternoon back in Vancouver. I think uh, Vern told them that the margin was 21. <laughs> Vern reads those uh, spread lines. Oh, yeah. Driving is letting lefty no good. Ball goes out of bounds off of Brett Malish. Acadia will have it. 2.55 left in the ballgame. They they're going to call it a two by Josh White. Acadia trailing in the ballgame, 91-70, 21-point Thunderbird lead. They've had a huge fourth quarter. Came into it up, I think, only seven. So they've outscored them by 14 here in the fourth. Driving right side is Boudelier. Pulls up with a jumper over. Malish is short. Alex Murphy swoops in for that rebound. He's going to push it up the floor for UBC. Now he's going to drive left side. Tough bank layup, no good. Clawson with the rebound for the Axemen, who, despite the score, played pretty well today, Kyle. Definitely. Sears has it knocked away. Ball goes out of bounds. Acadia de definitely didn't embarrass themselves today. The score no. might not look good at the end, but they were definitely tough through really three-plus quarters today. Very impressed. They're going to be a really good team next year. Clawson drives. Shot no good. Boulier got the rebound. His putback is good. 19-point UBC lead. They've got the ball. We're approaching two minutes to go in the ballgame. Here's Doug Plump, UBC's best player today. Grand Bath in the paint. Little lefty baby hook off the mark. Boudelier with the rebound for the Axemen. Uh, Tyler Lutton's nose is bleeding right now. Alex Murphy on that last take got uh, his head hit. Uh, Tyler Lutton's nose. Lutton looking to drive, and they're going to call a travel. Can, do they not just stop the clock because he's know. bleeding out of his nose? <laughs> you would think so. I mean, I think. Do they force you off, or do they give yeah. a quick injury timeout to? Yeah, they force you off. So Lutton will go to the bench. <laughs> you hear people yelling that Lutton was bleeding, and they're right. Minute. Oh, Murphy, a good, good aggressive take. He missed the shot, but uh, that's definitely what you like to see. I, it almost looks like Murphy had a second mental win. He looks like he's ready to go now. He yeah, looks like he, he wants to play another me. game maybe right now. Maybe he did hear me. No, Murphy, he could play another game right now. <laughs> Iron the Iron Man. Man. The Iron Man. <laughs> I hear they made a movie after him. What's, oh, I don't think, no. That was the one with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I've seen one and two. It's after Murphy. <laughs> Ten seconds to go on the shot clock. Murphy going to drive. Kick out. Malice for three. That's good. You got it, Brent. I called it before it even came close to going in. 22-point Thunderbird lead. They're in the first-round game of Nationals for the third straight year. Minute 20 to go, 94-72. Give Malice 17, and he played with all that foul trouble. So he didn't oh. get that many minutes today. Yeah. Left side, McLaughlin for three. Gets it to go. Alexander McLaughlin, who had an amazing start to the third quarter. 
Doesn't matter what's going on in this game. Yeah, it doesn't affect him. He's still hitting the shots. 94-75, UBC up by 19. Mayu swings it over to Melvin. Mayot ball is tipped out of bounds left side. UBC will have it. 12 on the shot clock. Minute to go in the ball game. Brent Malice checking out. And it's, it's actually nice to see that Brent Malice didn't foul out. He goes to the bench. 17 points on the game for Brent Malice. The senior had a big game today. He did. Good for him. Uh, doesn't matter if he fell out. I almost rather fell out. <laughs> Outside right. Nayu for three. In and out. Look for Nayu to have a big day tomorrow. He, he wasn't quite on today. And he's a one-off, one-on kind of guy. Alex Murphy with a steal. Looking to drive. Layup over Clawson. No good. Tip by Tommy Nixon. No good. We have a foul on UBC. And Acadia is going to get some free throws at the other end of the floor. Looks like Tommy got pushed in the back on that one. All right. Mr. Benchak, we're the... I'm going to write down a name for an interview request. Kyle, you write down a, a, another interview request. Oh, we don't get interviews right after the game? Oh, we got to wait. What's up? Yeah. Can we get... Yeah. All right, so we'll always get... I like it. We'll get second choice. Let's just, we get the good one. Definitely. So we get second pick of the draft, eh, Ben? I'm in. I love it. <laughs> I like how that was all over the air there. At the free throw line. I like how they have security right by Acadia right... Oh. For Acadia, Thomas Filgiano. Oh. What happened there? He just airballed. He, that wasn't even close. He just airballed the free throw. I was looking down. Jazz Gill into the game for UBC in front by 18 points, 94-76, under 40 seconds to go in the ballgame. So Jazz Gill getting some national minutes here, Kyle. Yeah. Everybody played today. Good. Jazz Gill, also another guy who puts in his time, really cares, passionate. Kamar Burke with a nice pass to Tommy Nixon. He gets his first points at Nationals. Layup good. UBC leading by 20. Lawson, top of the circle. There's 14 seconds to go. Knocked away by Tommy Nixon. Out of bounds. Will remain Acadia ball. So Thunderbirds playing hard to the final whistle today. Good to see. Sears, top of the circle. Looking to penetrate into Clawson. He's fouled going up for it. And Owen Clawson will go to the free throw line for Acadia. So a Kevin Hansen coach team which started in 2003 through 2008, made this tournament five of those six years, lost in the first round all of those five years. The last three, they will now have won their first round game. Of course, the last two, they made it all the way to the national championship game. They'll have a semifinal tomorrow at 1 o'clock back home in Vancouver. Our pregame begins at 12 noon. Boston goes one for two at the line. Kamar Burke with the rebound. Game will start at one. UBC 96, Acadia 77. Thunderbirds go to the semifinals tomorrow afternoon. Good game by UBC. Great game by Acadia. They really, they really played hard and gave it to uh, UBC. Owen Clausen, a second-year player, is going to be uh, a definite, definite star uh, in the coming years here. So he's good player and he's got a lot to uh, lot to learn and uh, it's good to experience for him. You were impressed with Acadia today and you know what I got to say their, their coach was an absolute pleasure to deal with during the week too. Yeah, no, very impressed with this team. Uh, you know, they wouldn't let UBC go on the run. 
Uh, they stopped them, and uh, they hit big shots. Uh, McLaughlin hit a lot of big shots um, in the end there to, to keep it going. Uh, Josh White, uh, Doug Plum, 20 points, leading score, uh, seven rebounds. Uh, great game in 34 minutes. Great game for Doug Plum. Uh, Josh White, another big game. Started off really slow. Started off pretty slow, uh, 19 points. Uh, in the end, though, seven rebounds. A uh, little off target there, but Vern Knopp giving the big high fives. First is over. First, first is over. Yep, and lastly, to add on to that was uh, a couple other guys that really had big games. That was Brent Malish, and only 23, 23 minutes, uh, had 17 points, seven rebounds. Uh, Kamar Burke, 13 points, eight rebounds. So, uh, good game all around. Uh, some big productions from some, uh, some guys that you like to see do well, which is Kamar Burke. Uh, seems to always do well at Nationals. And uh, had a big game for UBC with some big rebounds, which is uh, much needed, uh, especially going forward. If they, they play at Trinity, uh, they're going to need the rebounding. So, good on Kamar. Um, and, again, just great game by Doug Plum. 9 of 13 shooting, 69% field goal percentage, um, 2 from 4 from the line, but 7 rebounds, 2 assists. Great game. Yeah, Lakehead and Trinity Western uh, currently coming out on the floor right now. We're going to stay with our post-game show for a bit here. Uh, if you can, Jeff, we're hoping to have a couple UBC players come over for a quick chat. We'll see how that goes. Um, but before uh, we get, we stay on UBC, we'll get back to it in a moment, Kyle. Obviously, they play the winner of this game tomorrow. Uh, number five ranked Lakehead versus a team that UBC knows extremely well in the Trinity Western Spartans. Um, we don't know much. Actually, yeah, you played Lakehead in the first round last year. Yeah, you knocked them and you know what? I think they gave us a good run in the the first little bit. You know, they had a good first first half against us. Um, they were they were actually pretty good on the boards. This is going to be you know they're grinders and they were uh, physical. So this will be uh, a good matchup. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, seems like they do have a couple big guys here that uh, could give Dirksen a headache. So how does Lakehead, from what you know from them last year, how do they match up against UBC? Well, they're against UBC. I'd say uh, I'm not sure who they picked up from last year, but uh, we, we've got this game to learn. So. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely do. But I, I don't know. UBC just has to bring their game, and if UBC brings their game, then uh, you know it's, it's going to be tough to stop them this year. Uh, Lakehead's a good squad. I mean, they beat Carlton, um, so, and they beat them by 15. So obviously, it's definitely a good team, and have potential to play some good basketball, some good defense. Um, against the Birds or uh, well, Thompson Rivers, uh, Thompson, uh, Trey Western to start off with. And uh, Trinity Western, obviously this is a team you know extremely well. Um, what do they have to do to pull this one off today? And uh, what's their hope if they end up playing you guys UBC tomorrow? Yeah, I think uh, what they're going to have to do is they're going to they're going to have to go through Dirksen. Uh, Dirksen's going to have to be their guy. Uh, he is their guy, and they're going to go to him a lot. But I think I think Kyle Coxon is a uh, is an X factor. Um, I'd say he's probably the second best scorer on the team, and uh, we'll just see how aggressive he plays. If he plays aggressive, then uh, it's going to be a tough matchup because he can move really well, and he's uh, about six seven, six eight. So, and then against against uh, UBC, it's just going to be about I think about rebounding, uh, guard play. I think UBC has the edge there. Uh, Dirksen is the edge on uh, Trinity right now, but but uh, Jake Dirksen always 
Grand Bath always puts up a good fight versus Jake Dirksen. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, e- either way, it will be a definitely a good opponent, and uh, semifinals will be tough. I just have to say, I've seen Trinity Western. I've called Trinity Western games three times this year and a lot over the last few years. For, for my workload tonight, a Trinity win would be awfully nice. <laughs> Makes it a lot easier for me. That's on thing. Anyway. Definitely. <laughs> I, I, I don't think uh, in UBC's mind, I don't think UBC really uh, really cares. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in Nationals, you don't, at least from my perspective, we never cared who we played because we just had to win. Yeah. And that was it. It wasn't and everybody's ability. good. And everybody's good, and, and everybody has the chance to win. So uh, if you take care of your own, uh, I always felt that we would win if we just played the way we did. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, uh, we'll, see, we'll see what uh, Trinity can pull off here, but um, I, don't think, I don't think either way uh, UBC really minds. Uh, Kyle Cawson actually just looked over here, so you might have missed a little heads up. Oh, <laughs> he was looking over at you. You were looking yeah, down. Kyle Cawson, so. uh, we played, uh, I don't know if I should say this on UBC radio, but. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, of course. <laughs> no, we played, uh, we played in the summer together on a team, uh, yeah. a mixture team of a bunch of guys, and it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> Got to know him pretty well, and uh, he's a good guy. Uh, and the man can fly. He can jump. Yeah. He won the dunk contest in uh, Center of Gravity in Kelowna. So, uh, <laughs> uh, big shout-out to uh, people that were there. Kelly Packy. And, uh, Kyle, the other guy who – oh, and by the way, um, I don't know Brent Malish is one of the birds who would come over and say hey before the game. Uh, he didn't come over, but he did give me a wink uh, in the warm-up. There you go. Well, yeah. they all came over to me. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course they will. I got, you know, I got, I got my guy. Yeah, that's good, definitely. Hey, well, when I, I was that guy, I came over and I would say hey, hey, hi to you most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. But sometimes I was really focused <laughs> and I just forgot about you. <laughs> you would? I don't remember. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I guess, thank you. The other games um, this weekend, or tonight, Kyle, because um, these are teams that you know, um, Carlton, Obviously, you played them two years ago. There's your little heads there, up for Kyle yeah. Costa. There's a little point. Because he tried before. He tried with, before. With you, the racing stripes he got in his hair. Yeah, was, yeah, I saw that. You were looking down when he came before. Um, Jeff, we're just waiting for some UBC interviews here. If they don't come out in a little bit, we'll probably just send it back to the studio. But uh, the other matchup, just a preview, because you know UBC is, of course, going to play the winner of this one tomorrow. But the other matchup is uh, the other two matchups, Concordia, who you've never played against, but Carlton. Um, it's a young Carlton team. I don't know how much of these current players you played against, but Carlton obviously a force. And pretty much my understanding is they are playing the same style that you played against in the championship game two years ago. Uh, Carlton, what do they do so well that's led to six titles in eight years? Right. It, it is a different Carlton. It's uh, quite a bit of turnover since we played them. However, they stay, still play the same basketball, like you said. They... The same defense that has got them so far. Uh, they take a lot of pride in it. They're, I think Dave Smart does a really good job of bringing the unit together. Um, so, and they have the winning mentality. I mean, uh, it's like going into UBC. It, you're going to win, and you know you're going to win, and you have to have that mindset or it's distilled in you just through action, the competitive spirit in practice. And I know Carlton's the same way. They practice hard. Um, at UBC, uh, practices are harder than games a lot of times. So... Uh, I'm sure it's the same mindset with Carlton. They're going to be a good squad, uh, but they are younger. Uh, UBC is definitely a more experienced team, and I don't know. It's, it's almost like when the birds go in and uh, play NCAA teams, it's almost that intimidation factor. Um, 
you don't know. You're playing an American team and stuff yeah. like that. And then, and then in the end, it's just kind of a mental thing. So, so I think that's what Carlton has and UBC has that, you know, it's kind of intimidating that they're, you know, one or two, and they're always one or two. It's not just a, a one-shot wonder kind of thing. <coughs> Uh, you see Lance for a hoop there? He he looked over at you. <laughs> that Lance is my guy too. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, one of the nice guys. Actually, I remember a time when uh, we were playing uh, one of the, one of our intense games, and he nailed me. He smoked. I was on a breakaway or something. And he took out my head, and uh, I was gonna get heated. I looked up, and it was Lance, <laughs> and like he helped me up, and uh, he was like. Came up to me, he's like, Kyle, are you okay? I was like, I thought it was you. <laughs> so, uh, he's a really great guy, and uh, if it wasn't him, I don't even care if it was Kyle Costin. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that Lance is that guy. He's a really nice guy. And, and of course, the other game, uh, you played against Dalhousie two years ago. They still have this uh, leading score for Reen on their team. You guys beat him pretty bad in the first round, and team you know extremely well. A couple new pieces this year, but the Saskatchewan Huskies. That's the other matchup tonight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's going to be, uh, you know, the, the Huskies are new, but uh, I don't think they do have a swagger about themselves, and they always have, that uh, I don't think if, it, if it's new territory such as the Nationals for some of those guys, I don't think it matters. So I, I see them definitely coming out on top on that game, and uh, Carlton game is going to be, uh, oh, I mean, if they make it that far, I mean, that'll definitely be a, a, a tight-fought battle, uh, defense versus offense almost. Uh, and like athletic ability, which Saskatchewan has, um, guys that can just soar and get some rebounds. But uh, Carlton is strategic. They're technologically sound uh, and fundamentally sound in the fact that they'll box out and they'll box out correctly. So uh, it's kind of like raw talent versus uh, structured talent. And if it is Trinity Western UBC tomorrow, you brought up the Lance Verhoff, Verhoof, uh, uh, you know, him hammering you. And we saw it today. A couple times players fell to the floor, but no pushing and shoving. You know, these guys don't know each other at all. Yeah. Um, they are the only teams in the same conference that are in the same bracket. Or, you know, all, you yeah. know, we might have conference. The Lakehead might, you know, there are yeah. teams in the same conference here. But they're both on the other side of the draw. UBC, Trinity Western, if that is the matchup tomorrow, and a rough play like that happens, or we, we will see a little pushing and shoving after the whistle, won't we? Uh, you will. And uh, <laughs> you'll see it with, I mean, Jake Dirksen is the master of flop. <laughs> and I don't, I don't say that in a bad way. He's a, he's a good uh, guy in selling the call. And I mean, I say the same thing about Randy Norris. You know, those kind of guys can really emphasize things. And uh, I mean... It'll and they're top physical. players, so they get the calls. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, it'll be a physical battle. On um, all ends, teams don't like each other. You know, I like some of the guys on the team and stuff like that, but I don't like the team. There is a, a general so, dislike. Is just, it bordering on a hate between the teams? Like, well, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to say they'd have to beat us a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that being said, you know, uh, it's always a battle uh, between the two teams, yeah. and. And no matter what, they're they're still they're a really good team, and uh, I know UBC has respect for them in the way that uh, they would never take them lightly. Um, and and it's I think it's mutual. Awesome. Well, uh, Kyle, I think we're gonna have to sign off now. Uh, sorry about that, Jeff. We were waiting around for some UBC's interviews well, here. Uh, we, we got time, Daryl. If you want to wait around for a bit, we got time. Okay. Well, we'll take it. Um, can we go to a little quick break? Yep. And we'll come back here in a couple minutes. Sounds good. Okay, uh, thank you, Jeff. How long we got the studio for, Mr. Sergeant? Oh, 11.30 or so. 
What t- I don't even I know what that means. Uh, 20 minutes. <laughs> well, what is it here? It's like 8.30 right now. Uh, <laughs> your, your time is off. No, no, I'm no. on moon time out here, I, Jeff. No. All right, Jeff, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, let's try to get it back here in about five minutes' time, and hopefully we'll have some UBC players with us. We're actually going to have – it's going to be hopefully kind of fun here. We'll have the Lakehead Trinity game going on as we're doing the interview, so that should be kind of fun. All right, Jeff, we'll send it back to you. We'll be back here in about five minutes' time. Okay, thanks, Daryl, and uh, we will be heading back over to the Halifax Metro Centre for some more post-game reaction. UBC winning over Acadia 96-77. The Thunderbirds now advancing to one of two semifinals tomorrow. They'll face the winner of the next game to be played at the National Championships, Lakehead versus Trinity Western, and certainly it could be an interesting matchup if the Thunderbirds end up facing the Spartans tomorrow. All right, a quick break here. We'll come back, tee up tomorrow, and uh, get some more post-game reaction live from the Halifax Metro Centre. You're listening to 101.9 FM CITR in Vancouver. Liveband.com is Vancouver's community-driven concert calendar. New shows are added daily by the city's most active promoters, musicians, and by the driving force of the music scene, the fans. Liveband.com's listings are different because they are integrated with profiles updated by bands and business owners as they promote upcoming events. Check out the archives to see how closely we've worked within the community to put on the shows you love. Visit LiveMusicVancouver.com for the latest independent and major label event listings. LiveVan.com, Vancouver's community-driven concert calendar. The Biltmore Cabaret is your home for great live music in Vancouver. Tuesday, March 1st, check out Swedish indie poppers The Concrete, playing songs from their latest LP, WYWH. Million Young and the Wit Sundays round out the bill. Doors are at 8 p.m. Friday, March 11th, don't miss the catchy stylings of Diamond Rings and P.S. I Love You as part of their co-headlining North American tour. Doors are at 8 p.m. and the show starts at 9.30. Wednesday, March 30th, New York folk rockers O-Death and rough trade recording artist Strange Boys will share the stage along with guests Natural Child. Doors open at 8 p.m. Wednesday, April 13th, come get your mind blown by network recording artists The Submarines, playing songs off their latest LP, Love Notes, Letter Bombs. Nick Freitas will open the show. Doors are at 8 p.m. For tickets to these shows, go to the Biltmore, Red Cat, Zulu, or online to ticketweb.ca. For information you can use, including a full schedule of upcoming shows, head to BiltmoreCabaret.com. Tune in to CITR Friday afternoons from 2 till 3.30 for Radio Zero, where your host, DJ, brings you an eclectic mix of new international pop, ranging from the most fashionably disaffected to the brightest trigger-coated music around, along with a good measure of vintage new wave, punk, and disco to kick off your weekend. That's Radio Zero, Friday afternoons at 2 on 101.9 FM, CITR. CITR has more friends than ever before. We've partnered with tons of local businesses to bring you great discounts in the communities where you live, work, and play. Maybe Main Street is your main drag. Present your friends of CITR card at Red Cat Records. 
Lucky's Comics, Devil May Wear, Thriller, Blim, The Kiss Store, The Wallflower Modern Diner, RX Comics, Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Vinyl Records, Regional Assembly of Text, and Twig and Hottie to receive fabulous discounts. So become a CITR member, get a free friends card, and feel the love. Jeff Sargent back with you here live at CITR Studio One. The UBC Thunderbirds downing the Acadiacs in 96-77. UBC now advancing to their uh, third consecutive straight semifinal. They will play the winner of the next game at the National Championships, be it Trinity Western or Lakehead. And right now we're going to head back over to the Halifax Metro Centre. Daryl Weiner, who just called the game, you heard it live right here. And uh, some more post-game reaction with a special guest. Daryl, who you got? I got Randy Knorr, who, um, Randy, I gotta ask, uh, you missed the, you missed the pregame I did, yeah. interview, uh, Josh White, can you tell us anything, why you didn't start, we were told medical issue, that's all we got. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty much bang on, <laughs> had a little, little boo-boo on his foot, and so he had to get that taken care of, and now he's good. Awesome. Uh, Kyle Watson, oh, he's just behind me. Kyle, if you want to join the show here. Uh, Randy, 96-77 win today. Um, real close first half. Uh, you led by three after the first. You led by five at the half. Uh, no panic in your team, obviously, but one thing we just kept seeing was this was a game where you lost that turnover battle. You made it a little close at the end, but they had about an eight-point differential in their favor for really most of that game. Yeah, I, I thought we turned the ball over way too many times in transition. And, you know, we just came up and played a little tight and a little just not like ourselves. I mean, I think Alex Murphy's been absolutely a stud the last month. And I would say that was a, kind of a below average game for him. I, I called it, and I, I felt bad at the time, but I actually called it maybe his worst game of the calendar year till he picked it up at the end. You know what it could be? I mean, I mean, part of that being that he set the bar so high for himself yeah. that uh, – I mean, eight and six and two is pretty good numbers. I mean, for a point guard, but uh, yeah, I mean, and a lot of that was right at the end, though. Yeah, too, right? I yeah. mean, Alex really dictates the tempo of our team, and he kind of got off to a slow start. Then, uh, I mean, with Josh not starting and that whole thing, I, I mean, that obviously threw our team off a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, with Murph, it seemed like at the end there, he was ready to play the second game. He 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 got his swagger back. I was talking about all about his swagger uh, the last couple of interviews that we've had here, just because. You can see it and you can feel it that he had that. Just coming out, it didn't, didn't seem like he was pushing it as much, and uh, I think he felt a lot more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I would even say that all our fifth-year guys kind of struggled at the beginning. I thought Josh kind of what got Josh going was when Josh got fouled shooting that three, it kind of kind of relieved a little pressure from him a little bit, and uh, then he kind of got in his groove and forgot about his foot, and it was good. Yeah. I didn't think that Alex and Brent, and I don't know if it was their little tight, because maybe the, Alex and Brent maybe have the reason to be because they were on the team that was last here that lost, right? So, 
Hey, I don't know if they were had that in their mind, but both of them had kind of below average games, I thought. It's funny because Malish and Josh, they both kind of had below average games, but like you said, like Murph's line, like I think uh, Malish had 17 points and Josh had 19, and they didn't even play close to what they sh- no. you know, normally play. Yeah, I mean, I mean that says a lot about them because they're such good players, but... Mm. I mean, in all reality, they, they didn't play with a lot of energy, especially on the defensive end. So it, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, it's just good to get that game out of the way with. Yeah. And I think I believe uh, I was pretty close when we, me and you talked about this, didn't I, didn't I Wiener? What did you say? Didn't I say that it would be real close at halftime, about two or three, we'd make a bit of a run, and it'd end up to be around 20? I can't remember half the things people say to me, so... Uh. Ah, selective hearing. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, that, that was uh, the Acadia coach's plan. He wanted to really keep it close, and yeah. then just now the pressure's on you guys. But, I mean, we've been in many situations, even like, you know when I was there for the last couple years, and, and we don't feel that necessarily. We just say, all right, time to turn it on. No, I mean, because we're never... You'll never, ever hear me and Kev say, let's keep it close. <laughs> so you'll, you'll hear me yelling, run, 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 and Kev yelling something, and... I mean, we're never trying to keep it close and see what happens. That's not really our style, so uh, we really look to push a lot more than that. A guy we absolutely love today. Uh, that way, not that big, eight minutes, four points. Ball Raj Baines. Ball Raj Baines. That's what I said. I thought he, him and Graham gave us awesome minutes, I thought. Yep. I mean, Ball Raj just came in and got that steal, and just I, I just thought he did a lot of great things for us. He gave us some length that we could put on him, and he just... He, he played great, I thought. The Ballers did his job. I think he, that's one of his best games of his career. And you know it's the small things that like people don't necessarily see all the time, and I definitely see them because that's kind of what I wanted to do when I played is make that change in some ways. And, and the deflection, the, keeping the ball alive, you know, getting a steal, using his length, it was, uh, yeah, it was I, good for him. I, I, he's such a good guy. He's such a team guy that uh, yeah. good to see. I thought him and Graham Bath did a really good job. I mean, Graham just set such a physical presence for a team, and, I mean, Kyle, you know from playing with Graham is, I mean, Graham maybe not doesn't score very many points, but he sure gets a lot of seals that other guys get points. Yeah. And I thought he had a couple key ones today that that were uh, real, uh, real big, real big in that second and third, fourth quarter. And uh, staying with the positive, obviously your best player in this game. We thought, uh, I think it's easy to say, nine of thirteen from the field. Doug Plum, twenty points, seven rebounds, and I have to say. I remember it was your very first game in the playoffs. You're going to play Manitoba, and I bumped into Doug Plum on campus, and he was so excited about the playoffs, and he was so mad that he had to go write a midterm and then yeah. play. But he was so excited for the playoffs, and his dad's out here sitting first row. I mean, <laughs> I saw them both this morning. He was just so excited that he's here. He's like, "This is why I came to UBC." Was this his best game as a Thunderbird today? Well, it's either this game or the third, fourth quarter of the Canada West final. I thought he was a pretty, pretty much a stud that game too. Um, you know what? He just gives us something that, especially with Kyle graduating, that we, we kind of miss a little bit. Someone who would prefer to take the ball to the rim instead of shooting it. Where all our other guards in the past have been, oh, I'm open, let me shoot it, instead of, oh, I'm open, let me take it to the rim. And uh, I think that's the one thing that Doug really gives us. Is, you know, he gives us a guy that attacks the rim, and especially with his, phys- his physicality that he brings to it. I mean, he's able to run and bump people off. And, I, you know, I... I thought he had a great game. Yeah, you guys really needed that in the, in the sense of when they're playing a zone, you got to get to the hoop. And uh, Doug really brought that, you know, off uh, Balraj's block, he went down, and it was one on three, but he was feeling it, and he was just going to take that as hard as he could to the hole and get fouled. And uh, I just, yeah, he definitely brought it tonight. And, and he, you know, shoots nine for 13, 70%. I mean, he's taking good shots. 
Yep. Yeah, he shot great shots. And, you know, that... It, he's such an X factor for us. When he plays well, I think we're that much tougher to beat. And uh, it's really key to continue to get him to play with confidence and keep attacking the rim. One thing that I was also impressed, uh, when he was at the top of the key when they were playing uh, the zone and getting in the middle, he looked, he squared, and then he could play, and he made some really nice passes, which really opened it up in the first half especially. Yeah, I mean, that's an adjustment we made uh, one of our zone offenses. In our zone, we actually switch him and Mal. Like and let Mal slide out and play the three spot and Doug play the four because it kind of plays to our advantage a little bit. So, um, you know, I think that's really key is to, to get someone in there that can... Doug's a pretty good passer as well as he's quite aggressive too. Uh, on to the negative, Randy. We've got a couple more minutes here. A uh, guy who has not as great games, but he comes back with a good game. So I'm expecting a big game out of Nathan U tomorrow. Uh, two for six shooting, five points. Was, uh, that was the second game I think he's ever started in his UBC career. <laughs> um, Nate, though, one for five from three-point line. He did miss a lot of open looks there. Well, you figured it out. That's it. He's not allowed to start tomorrow. We'll have to start Josh. <laughs> That's, it's got to be that, eh? you uh, got to expect a big game out of Nate tomorrow because yeah. he sort of has your one-off, one-off. Yeah, you know, I just thought they did a really good job of keen on Melvin and Nate. I mean, Nate missed some shots, but I didn't think that Melvin got very many wide-open looks. And... Uh, I think Melvin shot. One Melvin, for one. Melvin was one for one, and it was, yeah. an, I think, an offensive rebound or a layup. But, I mean, the key is is that we didn't get the tempo that we wanted, and that's normally Alex finding those guys for layups. So. Uh, and uh, preview, uh, Randy, uh, we've got Lakehead and Trinity. You're going to be playing one of those teams. You played Lakehead in the first round last year. Uh, Trinity, obviously, we know the story there. So. Yeah, you know what, I think that Regardless of whoever we play, we're in for a really tough game. I mean, Lakehead is uh, Lakehead's got one of the better uh, better coaches out there. Good, good young guy that really has the team play hard. And I mean, Trinity's got some some of the most talented guys in in, in Canada West. So I think either way that it's going to be a real good game. It'll be an exciting game. And I mean, if we play uh, Lakehead, it's going to be a bit more of a defensive battle. Trinity, I think, is going to try to put up some points with us. Um, either way, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be a real entertaining game. Good. I think, uh, you know, after today's game, you know, running out there at the, the fourth, third and fourth quarter where you guys went on some runs, pushed the ball and everything, I think it's good that you got contributions from so many different guys and guys like Doug Palm and Kamar Burke that you really want to get going who, who both had some big games. And uh, I think it's going to be inevitable uh, and vital for your team that, you know, Alex Murphy's going to play better, um, and so is, uh, so is Josh White. So I think yeah. I think all in all, I mean, you guys are going to be facing either Trinity, who you know well, or, or Lakehead, and uh, I think you guys, obviously this is a team that I think has got what it takes, and uh, it was a good start. I mean, it's good to be in a close game as well at Nationals. It's I, I, really you know get you on edge. I think, I, think I, I agree with you. I mean, it wouldn't have been good for us to come up and blow them out and us just kind of coast through things. I mean, we really needed to come and have a close game and have a little pressure put on us. Now, now they feel a little bit more comfortable in that tight game. Yeah. Guy was getting a little nervous here early in the second half. Uh, I mean, Randy. with good reason, right? I mean, we didn't play very well. So, um, well, we know. got Trinity and Lakehead. Randy's just getting into this, so Randy will let you go now. But uh, I will say, uh, who you take in here, Kyle? Can you take a quick win here? I'm going to take Lakehead. Yeah? I'll take Trinity, and I want Trinity to win. Here's why, Randy. It makes for a much easier uh, <laughs> night for me with my prep time. No offense to Lakehead. Randy Nor, Randy, thanks so thanks, much. Guys. Best of luck tomorrow. Uh, Kyle, we got about a, a minute here. Um, UBC 96-77 winners. Slow start for the Thunderbirds, but 
they came on when they had to, right? Big yeah. fourth quarter, outscored them by 12, 27-15. And that's, you know, that's a, a show of a good team, uh, a team that, you know, knows how to win um, in all aspects. And, uh, you know, I like, like, like we just said, I think it is good that they had that close game to start off with. Because now if they are in other close games, they, it's not that they don't know how to handle it, but they know how to handle it at Nationals. And so... The experience and everything, I think uh, it's good to end on a good note of them running and scoring and, and uh, really taking off there. Well, the game tomorrow, our broadcast will begin at noon back home. We've got our one-hour pregame show. Jordan Hughes is going to have the color, but Kyle, you're helping us out. Sure thing. You're going to be helping us out, and the broadcast will begin at 1 o'clock. And Kyle, one thing is, I gotta love this first game because now we get to chill out the rest of the day, hey? Like, yes, yeah, you're, it's totally true. We got some time to uh, maybe lie on the couch and watch watch the game uh, on TSN two a, a little bit nap. later. Yeah, take but, a nap. But uh, after we watch this game, but I'm excited to watch this game because uh, I know a bunch of the guys. So there you go. Fun. Awesome. Thank you very much for doing this one, Kyle. Yeah, thank you. Till tomorrow, uh, Daryl. We are signing off, and our big thank you to the man back home in the studio. Uh, Jeffrey Sargent, Jeff, of course we could not have done this broadcast without you. I uh, appreciate all the time you put into this one. All right, 96-77, UBC defeats Acadia. <laughs> They'll be playing the winner of Lakehead Trinity Western tomorrow in the CIS semifinal game. Uh, our broadcast again begins at noon back home in Vancouver. The tip-off is at 1. Thanks for listening. Have a great afternoon. Have a great morning, actually. It's still early there. Have a great morning. Have a great Friday, everybody. All right. Thank you very much, Daryl. A great call of the game today. And uh, thanks very much to former UBC Thunderbird Kyle Watson as well, joining Daryl in uh, the broadcast booth. And he'll be back again tomorrow. So uh, great show uh, today, guys. UBC getting the big win, 96-77, and advancing to the semifinal tomorrow. They will face either Lakehead or Trinity Western. So we could be seeing an all-BC semifinal tomorrow. UBC trying to advance to their third straight final of course, still trying for the elusive championship uh, during the Kevin Hansen era. Uh, Daryl was uh, s- uh, uh, slightly off on his times there. Uh, the uh, game uh, tip-off is starting at 6 p.m. Uh, Atlantic time, so 2 p.m. Pacific. We will start our pregame at 1 o'clock tomorrow, not noon, 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, Saturday. Uh, UBC taking on the winner, either Lakehead or Trinity Western, and tip-off at 2 o'clock, so full hour pregame show. So uh, just so we have it all straightened out there for you. And uh, UBC, a slow start today, leading by 5 at the half but then taking over in the second and downing Acadia 96-77. All right, thanks again to Daryl and Kyle. We'll be hearing from them again tomorrow. Jason Wang will be in studio for that game for you, so that's the plan for tomorrow. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in this morning. A rare uh, early start for uh, this CITR Sports Friday. Our next broadcast again tomorrow afternoon starting at 1 o'clock and 